The mountains are calling. Let's escape the noise. This is episode 29 of the Just Trek podcast. Welcome to the Just Trek podcast, where elevation is our recreation. This is your host, Justin Just Rock Ramon, coming to you from Los Angeles. On this show, you will hear stories and adventures from inspirational hikers, explorers, weekend warriors, to even creatives in the LA community and beyond. Join the Just Trek crew on our journey to True North. We aim to inspire, motivate, and elevate you to a higher state of well-being. You can follow us on Instagram at just.trek, facebook.com slash justtrekofficial, and our website justtrek.net. Just Trek crew, what it do? This is your host, Just Rock. On this episode, my special guest goes by the name Just Jet, formerly known as Jet Lee. He is a Southern California-based trekker, content creator, former MTV's America's Best Dance Crew champion, World of Dance Tour judge, member of Kinja's and Funny Bones crew, and is a movement artist. On today's episode, we talk about how Jet has rediscovered LA through epic peaks such as Sunset Peak, Mount Baldy, Strawberry Peak, Mount Baden-Powell, and more. We chat about bringing style and dance to the trails, finding true north, how the outdoors is a powerful place to seek answers, the importance of stilling one's emotions, top adventures as a touring dance artist, tips for being a content creator, and how he likes being a part of the Just Trek crew. Here's our conversation. I hope you enjoy. Before we jump into the conversation, I want to let you know that the Just Trek merch store is officially live right now. If you would like to support my podcast journey and represent Just Trek on your adventures, please make sure to check out justtrek.net slash shop. That is J-U-S-T-T-R-E-K dot N-E-T slash shop. We currently have new merch available for purchase. I appreciate you all so much, and now let's get back to the show. What is going on, everyone? We got the hike beast himself, (laughs) Just Jet, on the Just Trek podcast. Welcome to the show, Jet. What's happening, man? Thanks for having me. Of course. Welcome, welcome. I need you to refresh my memory right off the bat, because... How did you become just Jet or Jet? I've always known you as Jet Lee. Yeah, and yeah. You yeah. literally looked like Jet Lee before without all your <laughs> facial hair, but now you look like a Filipino narcos. Like, how did this name change happen? Hey, man, if you if you're saying that I look like a Filipino narco, narcos, uh, I can say the same for you. I mean, like we pre- pretty much have like the same complexion, the same facial hair. So, uh, but yeah, um, you know, we that are name, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know that name, Jet Lee came from you know it was it was okay so when i was coming up in street, like street dance when i started becoming known for street dance i was uh it was it was during the time when when uh, romeo must die came out when all the jet lee movies were coming out so he was like he was hot back then like uh when i was i think i was like 16 around the time when i was in high school um you know obviously i kind of looked at like him at the time 
like a younger version. I had a shaved head and I, I also had like pimple scars because I had really bad acne back then. So it's like people like would automatically look at me like, yo, that fool looks like Jet Li. You know, they just put two and two together. You know what I'm saying? You just heard it underneath their breath? No, they would. some homies would fucking just say it. <laughs> <laughs> they would just fucking say it. And I'd be like, okay. But then I, I, I used to hate it. But it wasn't until I met um, Boppin Andre. I don't know if you know familiar if uh, Bob yeah. and Andre. He's like the one of the familiar. he's one of the OGs of like pretty much like popping and animation. Uh, pretty much the godfather of a lot of things. And I, when I first met him at Homeland, Homeland was a place in Long Beach that I used to train and practice at, where a lot of street dancers, uh, poppers and lockers, b boys, used to practice and train at. Um, and he, I met him there, and I remember when I met him, he was just like, "Hey, you look like Jet Li," and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do look like Jet Li. Yeah, yeah. And from there, I just took it and ran because I'm like, what the hell? I'm not going to give that that away. You know, like Bob and Andre just called me Jet Li and I'm going to take that. That's going to be my dancing name. Yeah. When the OG like says the name to you, you just got to take it. It doesn't matter. Take it. You just got to take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Okay. So you were Jet Li yeah. before and then how did it evolve into just Jet or Jet? Um, <clears throat> I think what it was was happening was at the time where I was kind of like, well, well, there's two things and I'll be straightforward. All right. I might, a half of it might sound a little, uh, might sound a little cocky, but this is, I'll just, I'll just say it like this. First of all, um, you know, I stopped looking like Jet Li, you know, like I was starting to get older and I was just, wasn't looking like him anymore. So like, what is this? I was just going to work. The second was, um, you know, if I I, I kind of had like a like a dream for myself where I was just like I kind of envisioned myself being bigger than just like you know a guy that looks like Jet Li and I was like you know what you know my first name's Justin people call me Jet just call me that just Jet and like so it was it was like kind of an uh, an identity kind of uh, situation where I was like I had to separate myself you know and it worked I bet I basically bet on myself by changing my name that this was going to happen and it it kind of worked out. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. It took some time for me to get used to it just cause you know, in our underground, like breaking or street dance days, like I just kept calling you that over and over again. <sighs> yeah. And I f totally forgot that your name's also Justin. Cause my name's also Justin. Too. Yeah. 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 And it, it kind of works out for both of us. Cause you know, you're just Trek and I'm just. Jet. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not on cue right there. <laughs> I totally sure whoever, messed that up. I'm pretty sure whoever's listening or, or like, or, you know, they're probably going to be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, God. for sure. And now you got a new nickname and it's the Hike Beast. And it's not with an I. I've seen you spell it with an I. It's with a Y because it's a playoff Hype Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I give you that name or like, how did that come about again? I can't remember. I think I think it was like it was a conversation we had with Deanna, and Deanna was joking around, and then I think I I, I was joking, and then just I can't remember where it came out. <laughs> shout out Deanna Yearling, shout shout episode twenty six. Shout out to Deanna, episode twenty six. Yeah, she was the one that like. But every time I see Deanna, we're on a hike. She's like, hike beast. <laughs> it's such a good name, and I'll never forget. On one of our hikes. You were like rocking, you know, your signature futuristic shades and all different kinds of colored jackets and vests yeah. and like these cool looking pants. And then you had your influencer bag with your tripod <laughs> and you were just looking extra fresh on the trails. And what is that phrase you always say? Like you were trying to be stylish in the outdoors. Like, how did it go? You got to make it look cool. 
well, you got to make you got to make it look cool. Like like I think um, something that like I think both of us know from dance is that you know you whenever you're you, like dancers just always come fresh. You know what I'm saying? Like wherever we go, we just gotta look good. Obviously, I got older and I became like less materialistic about shit, but. What I've kept is, you know what, you know, look presentable, look cool, you know, like, and when I think, I think the one thing or some of the things that turned me off, like about hiking was like, you know, you look at hiking gear and you're just like, man, that looks, that looks corny, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> so, bland. it's bland, you know, so it's just like, I get it. It's functional, it's pragmatic, but you know, um, why can't it be cool? You know, maybe that's why there's not a lot of people on the trails, you know? Well, first of all, not a lot of people are going to jump on the trails because it's hard. It's difficult. But then you look at other sports that are hard, like basketball and like all these other things. Those are hard to do, but like the fashion is still cool. Why can't going outdoors and hiking be the same thing? Now I feel like we are, you know, we're going into an era where, you know, we have people who are fashion forward that like the outdoors that are creating clothing for this. But you know what? Like I'm the type of dude that's where I, I always just take from everywhere and, you know, like, hey, you know what? I want to make hiking look cool, you know, because I like it. I like going outside, you know? So, Yeah. Yo, I totally feel you on that because <clears throat> typically the gear, right? It looks super like bland or corny, not too many colorways, or it just doesn't look like the cut of it and the shape is not very flattering a lot of times. Yeah. And I noticed that too, because I feel that there's an image out there that, oh, you got to buy this kind of shoe and look this kind of way to be a hiker or be this outdoor, outdoor, outdoorsy person, right? And it's like, yo, I don't really look like that. That doesn't really resonate with me. And I like how you said, you know, us coming from the dance world, the street dance world, we're trying to bring in our own flavor and like yeah. style to the trails. Like, I really like how you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why not? You know? Um, yeah. Because the big thing is, uh, you know, standing out, being an individual, you know, like, what are we bringing to the trails? Like, I think one thing that I really enjoy is, you know, we bring our style and then obviously we dance on the peaks. Some it's yep. cypher. Yep. 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 We haven't done that in a while, but uh, but yeah, because mo- why haven't we done that? Is because we just always we get there and we're tired or like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> I think it's we either forget or there's we can't find a spot that's too flat, uh-huh. and um, yeah, we, we need to fix that ASAP because that's one of my favorite things to do, and it's been a I would say it's been a while for sure. I, I think also the times that we've tried to do it, it's just it's just fucking cold i think that's why like we when we're going up in the mountain in the winter it's just like all right this is not it's all windy we're about to fly off a fucking mountain like it's just it's not gonna work out yeah i think i think you're right we did mount beat in powell and it was like nope we're not staying at the summit it is freezing that shit was hard i was like i feel like i feel like just standing there at the top of mount Baldwin powell was harder than going up (laughs) it's just like it was like i I couldn't stand still because it was so fucking windy that's really interesting you say that. So yeah, sometimes it's more miserable just sitting still and letting the cold attack you. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to keep moving. And I know we're going to talk about Mount Baden-Powell because that was part of your uh, peak bagging journey. Baden-Powell. Baden-Powell. Yeah, Baden-Powell. Yeah. Uh, I also just want to acknowledge that it's really dope to have another friend for my hip-hop breaking days on the show. Uh-huh. And it's just also really awesome to see our friendship circle back around because of hiking yeah. and exploring our local mountains. Like, we go way, way back, Jet. Like, I think 2006 when I first used to organize Claws Out and some of the other, like, breaking jams and street dance competitions, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go, we go super back. It's going to be – dang, man. I, I still remember the day when you 
you asked me to go to your jam. When you threw the first clause out, you called me. And you got my number off MySpace and you actually called me and left me a voicemail to go to an event. And I was like, damn, this is the most personal message I've ever gotten for a street dance event. I got to show up. I got to I got to show up. Yeah. Wow, that's wow, that's a flashback. That's a really good flashback, man. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh yeah, when I was first throwing that event, I was just so into it and embracing the process. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but um I think one thing that worked in my advantage was I just really like like people and connecting with each other and just like personally inviting you on like, "Hey, I got this thing going on. I don't know if it's going to be great, but I'm going to make sure that you know, that I'm going to do my best and you know, I considered you a friend, you know, at that time, even though we just uh, didn't know each other too long. But I felt like I felt like we vibed right off the bat, though. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's that's I appreciate that a lot. Like I was like, oh, shoot, I barely so know this crazy. Guy. I totally blanked out that I did that. <laughs> that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good job, Just Rock. <laughs> you, were doing, <laughs> you were doing some things you didn't even realize. We're all getting older, bro. I get it. It's fine. Sometimes we have to be reminded of things. Yeah, I remember I used MySpace pretty heavily to... I use the MySpace bulletins to constantly promote Claws out over and over and over again in freestyle session forums. Yeah, 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 well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Oh, man. Yeah, we could talk forever about um, our dance days, but then this wouldn't be the Just Trek podcast, would it? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It just all has to circle back to Just Trek, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. I mean, we'll we'll talk about some of that stuff and get us some awesome stories. But um, yo, man, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, so 2020 and 2021 has been quite the roller coaster of a journey. Yes. How have you been adjusting to life during the COVID-19 pandemic? I could only imagine how it impacted you since, you know, I remember you were doing a bunch of like commercial industry jobs, teaching, shooting tons of content right before COVID hit. Like really wow. curious to know. Um, you know, I had to, everything went to a standstill. You know, it's, uh, I definitely had to do a lot of self-reflecting and, uh, you know, it was, it was weird, you know, it was just like, luckily I had, I, I had like, you know, I made enough to just like, you know, to survive, like, actually I'm, no, I made, I, I made more than enough to, to survive, but it's like, but it's like, you know, I, for the people that didn't, it's like, you know, I get it. It's, it's rough. You know, it's the first time in, I think our, in our timeline, I guess as like, as Americans, like in our generation, oh shit, this is the, you know, <laughs> this is the first time we had to deal with this shit. Um, and the way I adjusted was, well, first, you know, I got to different things, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, dance is not fun right now. There's obviously not opportunities for work in the entertainment industry. So I shifted to things like trading, you know, trading stocks. Uh, yes. I shifted more to going outside, you know, like, uh, uh, but going outside and, um, during the pandemic was something that, uh, didn't happen till like maybe till like halfway through it. You know, there was at first we were all like scared. <laughs> just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you touch somebody, you catch COVID, you know? Like, it was a really scary time. Like, literally, the streets were empty in local parks. Yeah. And, but it was cool though, because, you know, I felt like the earth got a refresh, you know? It's like, I felt like it's like, uh, you know, I feel like every however many centuries, something like this happens where it's like, okay, like, like to me, like, you know, there, there's a lot of, there could be talks about this, like conspiracies, like, oh, you know, someone made it or, you know, this was man-made or whatever, but I feel like this situation was, is essential for the earth to kind of like reset because I felt like, like, like fucking nature opened up, like dolphins started swimming, swimming in Venice again. And then like, <laughs> yes, like, like the smog of like the planet just like started to clear up a little bit. And now we're fucking it up again, but it's like, we felt like we need it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just better for the entirety of 
the existence and species on Earth, I think. So it's rough for, rough for human beings, but us being little fucking like little specks in this entire universe, I think it, was, yeah. it was, wasn't a bad thing. It's like we've been abusing the Earth and just our environment and surroundings so much. It was kind of like, okay, we're going to make all of you chill out hardcore like yeah. right now because everything needs to stop. It was like Mother Nature saying like this needs to stop. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, man, like uh, like you know, human beings. Like I feel like we can we can get pretty cocky sometimes. You know, I can get cocky sometimes about shit. You know, like maybe we just don't. We don't. We're not like cognizant cognizant of 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 what we're doing. What we you know, like what we're doing every day. We're so focused on like trying to impress other human beings. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like we're like we're why we live. But in reality, like what are we living for? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say that, like, I, I think, like, my reason of ex- existing is just, like, you know, just to experience life. That's something that I learned through this pandemic. Like, you know, just just to really just, you're, you're here to experience life and learn. That's pretty much it. And also during this pandemic, uh, besides going outside and you getting into trading and whatnot, yeah. was there anything else in particular that you turned to for, like, a sense of comfort and normalcy? You know, whether that be going back to an old hobby, maybe developing a new one. Or maybe something as simple as going back to an old family recipe or watching old cartoon shows. Was there anything else in particular that you turned to for like a real sense of comfort? You know, you know, for me, I don't know if I reverted back to anything. Like, to be honest, I've made, I've, maybe in the beginning, I was just like, all right, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. I'm going to go back to playing this video game and I'm going to kill nice. it. I never finished it. <laughs> That's, I just don't finish. I don't finish games anymore. I just, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think for me, like I didn't, I didn't do any reversions. I just kept doing the same thing that I kept on doing plus doing new things. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I think for me, it's like, I, if I had to go back to anything, it was just, it was, you know, I always try to revert or go forward in some good habits or better habits I didn't go back to anything bad. At least I don't think so. Because I can think of. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, already, you already forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, so- it sounds like you um, you just kept reinforcing the things that were working for you throughout the pandemic, right? Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, dude, um, I've, I, this is a book I called, uh, a book I've read called we, uh, Rework. And I, I applied to like, my everyday life where it's like, you know, you don't, I think the baseline idea of the book is, uh, you don't, you, you work on things that are working. So it's like, if it works for you, just keep doing the same thing or improve upon it rather than just mm-hmm. like, try to like work on something that just doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just like, totally. it just makes sense. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to focus my energy on things that are working. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You really took that trading thing to a whole nother level. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also adjusting my light. There it is. So you can see me a little bit better. There you go. There you go. There's that lovely face. <laughs> Just to match your level because I don't want it to be, uh, you know, um, trade, taking trend to, yeah, taking trading to the next level. I definitely, that, you know, I think a lot of people like, uh, started jumping into the markets. Um, it was like, what else are we going to do? You know? And I've always wanted to do it. And so I, um, this is my time, you know, I definitely lost like a lot of money, but uh, I definitely gained a lot of wisdom, but now I'm building, you know, building back up again and gaining more. So it's chill, but it's like, uh, I, like, uh, I, I think this pandemic has taught me uh, 
to, yeah, look at life a lot more differently than how I did a year ago. I definitely did. I don't know if it did for you, but for me, it did. And I can totally digress on how like a lot of things have changed for me if we got the time for that. I mean, I don't want to say I'm glad that the pandemic happened, but it de- it definitely presented me with this blessing, which is the podcast, because this mm. podcast would not have happened because this idea birthed because the, uh, you know, our local mountains and parks, they really shut down. I didn't, I didn't know you could actually shut down the outdoors, right? Yeah. So when that happened, I was so upset because as you noticed the past three years, I became this hiker, a more outdoor centric person. Uh-huh. And that was, and I, I wasn't a dancer anymore. So this was like my physical, mental, and spiritual outlet. So when that happened, you know, I just felt like in a rut. I felt shitty. Uh-huh. And I was like, it, it gave me that idea. Like, okay, if I can't be in the outdoors, I'm going to talk about it and share it with everyone that I can through this digital platform and through conversation. And man, like, I definitely feel like I found something that I uh, really truly believe in and that is uh, allows me to reach my true north more. And, and yeah, like your true north is like, and I think this is something that like that I realize every time I'm on the trail, like going outside, it's just like, what is your true north? What is your purpose? Yes. What what keeps you like, the thing is uh, that word is like, what keeps you happy? What keeps you like joyous? And it's just like, you know, what gives you, basically what is like, what gives you your, what gives you your reason to live, right? I feel like, like, I think the more I, I stepped outside, especially with you guys, and like just how hard it is just going up a fucking mountain and then like the recent peak and just like, oh shit, this is worth it. Like this is so worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's extremely good for our mental health. And I feel like you've had a lot of people on the podcast talk about it. Yeah. A thousand percent. Actually, you know, the, I don't know if I told you this, but mm-hmm. the logo, the Just Trek logo, which was designed by Linda Don, yeah. it incorporates a mountain inside of a compass arrow. Yeah, it's pointing north. So the logo symbolizes true north, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a really big part of like my brand's ethos is, you know, we're on this never ending trek or journey to finding our true north. Yes. And we're always trying to gain clarity on it. And, you know, what I and I lost my true north for, you know, I would say a couple years and I was just floating around and doing different jobs that made me feel good or things that I felt I needed to do Uh in comparison to my peers and whatnot. Yeah. And then I just discovered, you know, through hiking in the outdoors that my true north was really simple. And it's not even super, I would say, like dramatic. And it was just that I realized I want to help improve people's lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how do I do that? How do I achieve that true north? Through conversation, this podcast, through outdoor curated experiences, meaning like hikes, sunset yeah, hikes, yeah. group hikes. And yeah. then also I want to inspire people to get outdoors through the content, whether that's you know, my Trek recaps, my vlogs, even my photos. Like, I just, I feel like I'm applying the same energy that I first found in dance to hiking in the outdoors. And I haven't had that feeling in so damn long that just like kind of, uh, I was able to innovate and reinvent myself. And it, it really reinvigorated my soul. And I think you've seen that in me, like just how I talk about it. Like I talk about trails, like I talk about breaking, you know, like, oh yeah, that's that dancer. That's that event. Oh, mm-hmm. I know that signature move. I know that blow up. I can I can talk about the same way on the trails now. Like I can identify certain sections, like off the top, even from a photo. Like it it trips me out still. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's just, and that's how you know you you become obsessed. <laughs> a good you're obsession, it. most. That's like it's a good obsession. Yeah, it's a good. It's a healthy obsession. It's like for your physical and your mental. So it's like, hey, why not? Right. 
Yeah, most definitely. Well, enough about me. We got to get into your outdoor journey now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Jet, how did you first get into hiking in the outdoors? And when did the journey start for you? And after you get into that, would really love to know if you can identify a moment, or maybe it's moments, where you just began to realize that this hiking thing was going to become more a part of your uh, lifestyle and identity. You know, um, I think first, um, I'll just say this. The first time where I was like, oh shit, this is dope as hell. Well, first of all, it wasn't even in like an experience that I had. It's like, I've hiked before, like, but it was like, you know, local hikes going to um, like Griffith and then um, like Hollywood. Because you're an hike. LA native, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. For the most part, LA native. But um, I think uh, it wasn't an experience. It was a story you guys told me when you and uh, who, who the hell was it? It was Matt. And then like how many other people went with you? You, Matt. Machete, Matt. Our crewmate. You, Matt, Mark. And like how many people? Like 12 people you went with? Uh, there was eight of us. We did it with a group also called Jaguar Hikes. Good friends of okay, ours. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you went. It was a group. Of, okay. So it was a group of eight guys. It was girls too? There was, uh, there was one girl. Her name's Allie. She's super badass. Okay, cool. So it's a group of hikers, right? Eight hikers, but only three made it to the top, right? How long was this hike again? My goodness, it's uh, 21 miles, 10,000 feet plus elevation gain. It is, it's cactus to clouds. And how many hours was that? 20, 21 miles? How, oh, many, how hours? many hours did it take to complete it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, we started at 10.30 p.m. and we reached the summit at 1, so... We finished the hike. So we started at 10.30 p.m. the night before, and we finished at 5 p.m. So whatever hour, that's just... 10.30 p.m. the night before, and you ended at... at 5, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. So, so it's almost like a 15-hour, to me, it seems like that. Insanity, yeah. Wait, wait, is it? Is that... I can't... I don't know. Anyways, point being, that looks like... Okay, so what got me interested about that first was, I was like, okay, yo, that looks dope. What is this? I was like, oh, this is like 21-mile hike. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And when you said, when you told me about it, you were like, yeah, only three of us made it to the top. And I was like, wait, only three of you guys made it? So I think what got me intrigued was the fact that people quit. And that got me interested in a way where I was like, okay, shoot, I think I need to, I, I want to, I'm interested now, you know? Sure. And then when I got into it, I, I, I well, first of all, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm the type of person where it's like, all right, if it's, I, I don't know what it is, but if it's too easy, I just don't want to do it. If it's like fun, it has like a, has a difficulty, like a moderate to, to, uh, advanced to extreme difficulty i just get interested all of a sudden you know like i don't know maybe it's just because i like challenges you, you got oh, no. turned on i got i got yeah i got turned on you know what i'm saying look i i like challenges bro like uh yeah. um like i like challenging myself i think that's what it is and then um where did that spirit come from were you like competitive in sports when you're young yeah this was i think this was something that like you know growing up as a kid like i wasn't um I I wasn't really like gifted with anything. <laughs> I don't. I had to work for. I had to work for everything that I I, I uh, that I got. You know, like I wasn't like a. I don't know. Like growing up, I wasn't. A, I wasn't really that good at sports. You know, it wasn't something I picked up quick. But I kind of had a little bit of good like rhythm and dance moves. So I was like, okay, well, this might be a place where I can. I feel like I can get appreciation for. I worked my ass. My, I worked my ass off to get to where I'm at, and or to get the accolades that I've gotten in the past. You know, so, and like, uh, but, uh, you know, just like I said, like, I, this goes back to me saying like, you know, like life is to me, it's really just about the experience. So I was like, okay, like, well, how are you going to live a better experience in your life? Well, you, you live it by challenging yourself, you know, maybe 
that's the first thing that comes to my mind. So yeah, that's where I came from, I guess. And, you know, uh, I remember the time when you, you, uh, you took me on this hike, you kidnapped me, you and Matt kidnapped <laughs> me to go on this hike and, and like, yeah, Hey, Hey, I'm picking you up. I'm like, ah, oh, it was like, I don't know what time in the morning. This is when I wasn't really, I wasn't really a morning person, you know, like, you're like, Oh, we're going to go, we're going to go to this hike. We got all this. You got me all this gear. I was like, "What the hell? You got me a backpack, shoes." I was like, "What the hell's yeah, going on?" Yeah, Matt got you some stuff. Like we were proactive about it. Yeah, so it's like, okay, cool. I have to go. I have to go. Fuck it, I gotta go. I'm like, go up. I, and so I'm going up this hike. Uh, it was what's the hike? It was sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting. We're starting to get into your uh, beginning uh, peak bagging journey, right? Yeah, now. I know. I felt like you were gonna ask me this question. But I might as well just go in there. You know what I'm saying? No, I we're just, we're just gonna transition into it smoothly. Okay, so cool. Go, go with it. So I'm going up this hike. And I'm just like, okay, this shit's kind of hard. Like it's like, but but I don't remember it being hard because I think it was because there's only three of us. I was following you in man. I was keeping pace, and I was like, okay, this this is tough. But I remember being fun, and I was like, okay, cool. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like I, I remember you mentioned that, like, oh, we have a friend's birthday up there, and like, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, birthday, maybe like you know, ten people, something like that. Just like, oh, you know, like up up at the at the peak, and it was like, oh, this is nice because that's how I, that's how I envisioned hiking. I thought hiking was just like you go up there and just like, all right. All right, let's go back down, right? That's why. Okay, wait, I'm going to backtrack real quick. I just got to say this. Yeah. So what, for the listeners, Jed is referencing Sunset Peak. This was like November, end of November, 2020. Yeah. And this was like the beginning of your peak bagging journey. And you were were just beginning to rediscover LA through these epic day hikes that you never really heard of, right? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I've been living in LA for however long. And then I I started tagging along with Just Trek. And dude, uh... I'm I'm surprised. I've been missing out on all this sh- beautiful shit in California. It's crazy. And you lived in Eagle Rock at that time, and you were staring at the mountains like throughout your whole life, and you had no clue about these different major peaks. No clue. I had no clue. Yeah, it's been it's been there for for as, as long as I've been living. So that's how crazy it is. Yeah, and and to go back to how you were describing the hike. So Sunset Peak, everybody is in the San Gabriel Mountains. Yeah. Angeles National Forest in the specifically the Mount Baldy area. And we decided we wanted to bring Jet on this hike because it was our friend. It was my good friend's birthday, Jaguar Hikes or Sal. Yeah. And this is like the local like favorite hiker spot that people go to for birthdays and to celebrate each other. And we decided we were going to bring Jet on his first major hike with us up the steep ridge route. And then yeah. we made it to the top, like where we celebrated and we descended in the dark. So the question I want to get at and really ask you, because you were about to kind of get into it was, yeah. was there anything that surprised you about the trail and the overall Sunset Peak experience that day? Yeah, I, I remember that day, You, I, I saw people taking a different route. Like it was just like, this looks like, it looked like a dirt road route. And then like you and Matt were just like, nah, we're going this way. And I was like, exactly. Oh, like all right you know i'll take this way <laughs> and i i was like it was dope as hell like i said haven't seen that kind of terrain um in my whole life living in california i was like what the hell is this this is crazy this is dope stuff and going up was tough as i mentioned earlier and uh this goes back this, this is going to lead into my story where i was like okay you know like you go to you went to, my original vision of hiking my idea hiking was like oh you go to the top you're like okay this is nice and then you just go back down uh, you know, and like this goes back to me saying like, okay, cool. You know, just, just Trek mentioned there was a birthday party at the top, you know, like, so I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. This is fine. I go up, to, I go up there. I'm like, all right, this is, I was like, I was like, I go up there and I'm just like, holy shit, there's a lot of fucking people up here. And like people are partying and drinking. And I was like, 
I remember I walked up and somebody's like, "Hey, you want a shot?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, hell yeah, I want a shot." <laughs> so I think like the because the thing is about hiking to me, I always saw it as something that was just like it's just very self congratulatory. You just go up there, you like you chill at the top, and you're like, "All right, cool," you go back down. But like people were celebrating, like people were like fucking partying and going nuts, and I was just like, I was just like, "Holy shit, this makes hiking so much more fun when you go up to the top and like you just party and then." You know, like you have a good time and then like, okay, cool. Now it's time to go down. It's like, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like you reward yourself for like working your ass off to get to this high ass point, you know? Yes. Just like, like, wait, just like life. And what did you say when you saw everyone on the summit celebrating? Oh, it, it was like, okay. Cause mostly everybody was like Hispanic. Right. So it's just like, but everybody's just going crazy. And it was just like, dude, just, this, this looks like, this looks like food's gone wild for hiking. Like, you know, Fu's got wild, the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the, yeah, like the food culture, you know, it was, it was tripping me out. Because it's like, it's like you had like, because I grew up around Hispanics. Like my, my, my popping crew, Funny Bones crew, everybody's Hispanic, Salvadorian, Mexican, different types. So it's like, and, and especially when I was dancing on the streets, those, those, those were the people I was hanging with. I was hanging with Asians, Blacks, and Mexicans, uh, Hispanics. And, you know, so when I got up there, I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, I never thought I'd see like people like that I'd be, that I hang out with on a fucking mountaintop. <laughs> you know, like they didn't look like hikers. They look like hikers, but they didn't, but they're all wearing LA gear and stuff like that. Yes. And, like people were drinking Modelo's and stuff. And I was like, what the hell is this? When you said Foo's gone wild, like in reference to Fool's Gone Wild, the, Insta- yeah. the really popular Instagram account. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was the most brilliant thing you said. <laughs> I was like, this is literally Fool's Gone Wild. And when you said that, it's it was, it's like forever embedded in my memory that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was just felt, it felt very welcoming. I was like, I was like, hell yeah, this is fun. And we didn't, and I think another thing too is like, we're just so, when you're on a hike, you're just so used to just like, all right. Like we're only gonna hang out here for twenty minutes. Like, yeah, we're just gonna go up here and just come down, right? And like, no, we still left. We got we stayed till like sunset down, and it was like, and you know, all of us went down all drunk and whatever. Like, you know, what I'm saying like it was just crazy. It was just like I've never had an experience like that before. Probably have people here that are listening to you that are under eighteen, whatever. Hey, man, like you're gonna grow up to be adults. But I'll just say that, like I, as an adult, as we get older, we got to find other reasons to have fun, and like you know, what I'm saying that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember when you reached the summit i looked at your face and it looked you looked like completely shocked like i think you thought there was gonna be like okay maybe like 10 15 people but you were really lucky because i was trying to tell you like yo this guy this guy jaguar hikes he's a really beloved person in the yeah. hiking and outdoor community in southern california yeah you know they do this charity called jaguar runs they do group hikes and so there was a lot of like um there was a lot of people in the community there, like the founders and leads of different hiking groups, such as uh, Complete Summit Hiking, Jesse yeah. Vallejo, yeah. High Hikers. I saw Juan for the first time. Other people that I had on the podcast. And I was like, wow, this is one huge reunion. And we're on top of an epic mountain summit. This is not like Griffith Park or like mm-hmm. Runyon. Like this is a legit like uh, Vista Point, an actual peak within the San Gabriels. And we did it during sunset. And I think you really fell in love with how the sunset hit a lot of the mountain layers on that specific side. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever, at that time, I don't think I've ever seen, and even to this day, I still love the way the sun sets at, uh, from the views at Sunset Peak. 
it's amazing. I have never like experienced something like that. Like every in my life, and I've traveled around the world doing dance shit and whatever, and like the fuck, motherfucker, this shit's in my backyard. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell is this? Like, it, it's like, you know, I feel like as Californians, we don't really appreciate like what we have, you know, and it was, it just made me really appreciate like, hey, like we have so much beautiful shit here in California and I didn't realize it until the pandemic. It's crazy. Like, what the heck? Yeah, it, it's it's nuts. It's almost like, um, you know, like, as I've said, I've traveled the world, done a bunch of things, seen a bunch of places, but yeah. Like I, and there's times where, you know, as local, as a local California, Californian, like, you know, we meet people in California, like we're over it and whatever. And I'm just like, I'm just like, dude, like, I think that's one of the reasons why I like being outside. You know, you, you, there's times I just, I need to be around, I need to be away from people. There's times you just, you just, you know, it's like, you need to take a break from all, from things that are going on. uh, Disconnect to connect. To connect. Yeah. I think you said that. I remember you telling me that one time. It's like a. And I think, I, th- I think like, uh, it, it's something that a lot of people don't realize how important it is to, to do that. You know, it's, it's, uh, cause you know, during the pandemic, like all of us were, what were we going to do? We couldn't go outside. We're attached to our phones. Our faces, are, our faces like glued to our fucking phones. You know what I'm saying? And our computers. And I'm going to, I'm going to put that on the Instagram story. <laughs> just, we're like, we're, <laughs> you're like, you're stuck to your phone, you know, bro. You know, this is what I learned. In, God, Jet. This is what I learned in mind class. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. <laughs> So it's like this taught me to to just like and, and like and people are like canceling everybody and people are just like getting super triggered and whatever and I'm just like motherfucker I'm a chill and I'm gonna hang out with fucking nature you know why because I don't fucking care about your feelings this fucking rock right here doesn't care about anything that you think about or how you feel this rock has been here for centuries years millennia. And it's a beautiful ass rock. I'm gonna just go hang out with it and just stare at these views because it's always going to be the same and it's going to be the same and no matter how I feel or you feel. It's always gonna be a beautiful thing. So that's why I like being outside. You know, it's a, it's a, yeah, because it doesn't shift, it doesn't change. I mean, it obviously doesn't change, but in this, in, it's it's changed over millennia, but in this, in our lifetime, it's not. It's always gonna be beautiful. It's never gonna be ugly, you know, in terms of like the way I see it and the way I experience it. What a profound way of describing the rock and how it makes you feel <laughs> and nature. I love it. Well, yeah, it's true. Like humans are crazy. Humans can be crazy, you know, and I think we, I think we understand that, you know, that's why I think everybody for their mental health should, should take a walk outside. You know? Yeah. Even if it's just a walk, I think taking walks and strolls and hikes is some, is one of the most powerful, most powerful things you can do yeah. for yourself because uh-huh. you're getting outside of your own head when Bingo. you do that, that, that motion of putting one foot in front of the other and traveling by foot is we've been doing this for centuries. This is what people in the Bible have been doing. <laughs> this is how armies travel. This is how villages travel back in the day. They were hiking. Yeah. They were, we were walking across countries. We were meant to do this. We were meant to, we weren't, we weren't meant to be completely attached to computers and all these things. It's like life, it, it, it makes it easier for us. But naturally, as like as organic biological beings, we weren't meant to be like have be attached to these things. You know, we weren't meant to be doing podcasts. But hey, it makes it easier. But yeah, we were meant to go outside. They'll never take our mountains away. <laughs> yeah, who, who's gonna do it? Like, like it's like, like yeah, like the landscape of Los Angeles and all these cities are always changing, and new developments are being made. But who the fuck wants to bring a fucking dump truck to the fucking mountains? Like who? Like you know what I'm saying? It's just way too hard to do it. 
and it just costs way too much time and money. Like that shit is not going to change. Maybe they might throw up like a you know like a phone five G tower, well six G sure. tower, seven G tower up there, but it's like, but no, it doesn't. It's like it's too expensive. You know what I'm saying? Like who the hell would want to do that unless we have like a I don't know, a secret silo or something, you know, <laughs> like conspiracy <laughs> right. shit is high, you know, like whatever. Uh, to go back to Sunset Peak at the summit when everyone was celebrating and you were kind of astonished by all these different hiking groups and yeah. local hikers, right? Did you almost feel like it was when you first went to your, like an underground jam and you were like, whoa, where am I? Like, this is a culture? Like, this is an actual <laughs> scene up here? Like, that's how I felt when I first went to Sunset Peak and saw the people that I followed on Instagram land, like all the, I don't want to say influencer hikers, but the ones who are like bagging all the peaks and sharing mm. their photos. I was like, oh my God, like this is a massive, I had no clue about how massive the SoCal hiker outdoor community was. And I think you saw a really good glimpse and slice of that on top of Sunset Peak for Jaguar yeah. Hike's birthday. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was dope. And it was, it was just, everybody was cool too. Cause I think like, it's just like, yeah, it was very, it was, it, it just gave me a glimpse of the culture and everybody's cool because I think, um, why I think everybody's cool is because everybody is working for something and they all like, they, I think everybody gets the same feeling when they work for something that's like hard, meaning going up a fucking mountain and then like, you know, just chilling and celebrating. Like everybody is clearly good natured. Like it's, it's crazy because it's like, it's like the farther out you go, um, from the city. Well, uh, there could be some discrepancies here, but like the, the closer you are to, to the, like to the nature, to the top, where there's not a lot of people, like people are generally nicer, <laughs> you know, cause I, cause everybody like, it's hard to get up to these places. And I like, agree. You know, and I think everybody is like in the same mindset. Like, oh, I need to get away. I just need to get, I need to get away, you know? And everybody's yeah, in the most, same mindset. Yeah, most definitely. Um, man, that was a special day for sure. And then. Yeah. It was so wild up there. There was like bottle service, right? There was like girls twerking. <laughs> there was like people all had a, different groups had their flags. Like I yeah. thought we were all going to war. Like it was super dope. And I was like, wow, we're like, we're like raving in the mountain. And there was like, like Latin music playing. And I was like, you, me and Matt started dancing on that, on like the big steel like floor. Yeah. And we were, we just were like, yo, this is, this is the shit. Like, because at that time, you know, this is during the pandemic. It just, it felt like we belonged up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it felt like a spiritual experience, just yeah. enjoying other people and hearing music and just being around people in nature. Like it, it felt so good. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it felt, it was, it was definitely the most re uh, stress releasing, surprising thing uh, I've had in terms of moments in my life. I've done a lot of shit. I'll definitely say one of the best moments I've experienced in my life. It was what the hell? Because obviously, why am I why am I constantly going on these hikes with you? <laughs> yeah. Wow, guys, did you hear that? <laughs> for Jet, for Jet to say that is very, very powerful. Like, I don't think you guys understand. Like, he's done a lot of really awesome things. Traveled all around the world. You know, has a lot of accolades to his name that we'll get into later. But for him to have this kind of moment in a local peak. That's just, I think it was only 30 minutes from you because you yeah. already live in, lived in the Eagle Rock area. I lived at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Sunset Peak is a very special place. Um, I feel like it's gotten popular for people to celebrate their birthdays there. So, yeah. And I, I, you know, I did. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. And that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely recommend for anybody that plans to do it for all the listeners here, if you're trying to get people to like celebrate with you, 
Definitely, especially if they're not experienced hikers or they're not active. <laughs> you got to like give them some leeway. Like if you're trying to get there by at the peak by like if you're expecting to get to the peak by like sunset, you got to get you got to start you got to get to the to the uh, base at 1. Like start at 1 p.m. because uh that's something I didn't account for. There are some people who are just not experienced. It took them kind of a long time to get there, you know? And like, yeah. you know, I, I definitely held back and waited for everybody because I brought everybody. I'm not going to fucking like, you know, be like, come on, like, hurry up, motherfucker. No, no, no. I brought everybody here. I'm going to make sure everybody gets there and has a good time because I want everybody to experience it. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special place. And uh, you know what I call it? I call it club sunset because it's, That's it. people are just wiling out at the top. And I remember when I asked you, I was like, hey, like, what do you want to do for your birthday? Because you were like, yo, it's this weekend. And you're like, uh, I want to hike. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what do you have in mind? And you're like, Sunset Peak. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh of course you want to do Sunset Peak yes. because you saw how wild and awesome it got up there and also just how beautiful it was and how the sunset hit that side of the mountain. Yeah, it was it was, it was, was crazy, man. It was definitely uh, – uh, uh, I, w- I, would, I would like to bring more people up there, but like, I'd be like, hey, we got to get there like way earlier. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and like, also I, I have to get there earlier. I have to get there earlier. Yeah, you were the one late, but it, it was your <laughs> we, we made it work. But it's all good. Your birthday was definitely super epic, and I know a lot of people hated you in the beginning, and then they loved you afterwards, and they're probably still sore up until this point right now. Yeah, yeah. still cursing you out. But but yeah, but like I said, like when we went up, it didn't take us that long. That's why I was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna be fine. But yeah, but like you know, like I was going at you guys' pace. I wasn't going to bitch out. We got there like in an hour. I think we didn't take, I don't remember it taking that long. That's so, a yeah. really steep, uh, that route that we took, the super uh-huh. steep ridgeline route, that's extremely a steep grade. And I was impressed that you were able to grind it out. Yeah, you were suffering, but you know, you got it done. Yeah. I mean, like, I think another thing too is I don't, I'm also the type of person where it's like, I don't like, I don't like, like, you, you know, you brought me, I'm not going to pull you guys back. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. So it's like I'm gonna roll with the group, and I'm gonna even I'm gonna bust my ass to move with the group, you know. Now we yeah. appreciate that. You know, we're not gonna make you do something that we feel is gonna be unsafe. But uh, you know, me and Matt like to definitely throw people into the fire and see if they can push themselves. That's why we took the the steep ridge route. We were like, "Yo, let's see how Jet does on this." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yes, he is. He is hurting right now, but you know, he's he's trekking along." Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, like I said, I like to challenge myself. Yeah. So speaking of challenges, um, after you did Sunset Peak, uh, we started bringing you on bigger mountains so you could start tackling the SoCal Six Pack of Peaks Challenge. And for the listeners who are not familiar, the SoCal Six Pack of Peaks Challenge is this really epic and beautiful challenge, which was started by this guy named Jeff Hester, where you conquer Southern California's tallest mountains and you choose six of the 18 options. And... All of them are like really long day hikes where you have to like train and prepare for them. And it's one of the most epic and uh, super adventurous ways to explore your local mountains. And they also have it all over different regions in the United States. Yeah. So after Sunset Peak, I was like, okay, Jet's a part of the crew now, but we got to cement it with a really crazy hike. (laughs) And I love bringing people on this particular mountain, but doing a certain route. So we did Strawberry Peak, but we did it the Mountaineers route. Yeah. And Strawberry Peak is in the front range of the San Gabriel Mountains. And it's considered the hardest hike in the front range. 
And the reason it's called the Mountaineers route is because there's two rock scramble sections that are graded at class three that is super action-packed, very exhilarating. But you got to be careful because um, it's a much more isolated section of the mountain and the hike. And you could seriously injure yourself and potentially die on those rock scramble sections. So what I want to ask you is, we definitely threw in the fire of this Mm -hmm. as well, but it's one of my favorite routes in all of um, LA or SoCal just in general, because it really feels like a real life mountain climb near the city. Yeah. Um, What did you think of the first rock scramble and the second one? Like, did you find it nerve wracking or like somewhat doable? And did you have any moments where like your life flashed before your eyes at all? Uh, in terms of moments uh, that uh, for my life flashed before my eyes, no, I actually preferred doing the mountaineer route more than, than hiking because it was just like I was using my whole body and like like I, and, like hiking is just painful. <laughs> like going on a mountain with your legs, like I found it more fun and uh, uh, yeah, it was you could say it's more extreme, but then like I think what what it, what it, what can account for that is like what is hard, you know? Like to me, like uh, for me, uh, uh, like climbing up a mountain, like a steep mountain, like is easier for me because I'm not using like my legs, you know, it, it doesn't, it's like, it's not, so it's not like bitch strenuous work. It requires like, like technical movement, you know, all that. I prefer doing that. That's easier to me. But for some people, they might see it as like, it's hard because it's scary because I'm like climbing. And if I look down, I might get, I, you know, it looks like I'm, if I, if I think I'm going to fall, you know, it's going to freak me out. You know, like, while I was going up there, I, I thought about that, but I was just more like, well, this isn't that hard. Like, it's not the, the, the scrambles weren't like, um, when I was climbing, it wasn't that difficult. It was just like, it was fun for me. You know, sure. it was just like, it's like, okay, how kind of like, uh, maybe it's cause I, I like, I like climbing too, you know, like it's to me that excites me. So yeah. So that, that was, that's my experience. Did you find being a dancer and having, uh, really good body control helped you a lot during parts of the rock scramble. I'm really curious. I think that's what it is. Definitely. I think um, maybe that's why I enjoy it because, you know, um, because I'm a dancer, I use every part of my body. When you are rock scrambling, you, it does, it does require you to use everything and it requires awareness of everything you have. Like, where's your foot? Where's your arm? Okay. Where'd I put this? Exactly. How's my body feel when I shift my weight this way? How's my leg feel? If, it, if this doesn't feel right. Okay. Like I'm the type of person where it's like, if this, this doesn't feel right, I am fucking not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't do it, you know, like, I'll, and I think that's why it's, it's, I, it's, it's, uh, I prefer that versus me like doing bitch work up a mountain, like just hiking yeah. only. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, because you're a popper, yeah. your body self-awareness is just through the roofs and your body control. So you're actually enjoying it because you, you know how to shift your weight and maneuver your body in certain ways to like get up and like almost dance up the mountain. Right. Yeah. You can say that. I, I think another thing though is like, a it's a uh, one thing that I've learned also be- the idea of just like, because I'm a popper or because I'm this, I think it's more so that to actually be a good dancer, to be a good popper and the popper is a style uh, popping is a style of dance. It's like, you need good bodily awareness to yeah. be, you know, like, that, that counts for everything you need. Like you need good bodily. If you're trying to be like a, a good basketball player, football player, whatever dancer, anything, anything that requires body movement, the more aware you are of your body, the better you can, uh, you can, you can, be in that role, whichever roles that I had mentioned. Sure. Yeah. You know what I just remembered right now? So the second rock scramble, you know how it's much more technical than the first one and there's a lot more nerve wracking sections. 
Well, anyways, the reason okay, I brought ahead. that the reason I brought that up is I just remembered how Ray got stuck in front of us on that one section where <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like a little shoot, and then there was like a name called Campin that was like engraved on the rock. Ah, I didn't notice that. And it was I was below Ray, and then you were below me, so I got a front row seat to watching Ray Deepasupal. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put out his last name too. <laughs> Sorry, Ray, I got to mention this story. He is Summit Salsa. He has gas station partners on Instagram. He has no photos up. But anyways, <laughs> he um he got stuck on that this one section of the shoot. Mm-hmm. And he was literally there for like 10 minutes. And I was like trying to talk to him calmly saying like, okay, hey, put your foot in the crevice. And he kept like kind of sliding down. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. All right, Ray. All right, breathe. Take your time. No one's rushing you. I'm not, I don't need to go up right now. And then you were like, yo, what's going on up there? And th- that was the same section that we had to go up as well. And I just remember I was like, yo, like it really, you know, rock scrambling and hiking really just depends on the individual. Like for some of us yeah. doing those rock scrambles are, it's not too difficult, right? But for others, it's like really scary and like feels yeah. like they're going to die. Like I know yeah. that he was like breathing rather heavily and he was getting nervous but he was yeah, able to recenter himself and get back up i remember yeah and, and i think it's, this also goes back to uh like uh, maybe like something else that we're possibly going to talk about um but like you know the fact that he for him to like function correctly or better to, to function effectively was he had to recenter himself you know this yes. is, and it's like uh, it's like something that like you know i'm all about like mental health and like you know stilling emotions it's something that i learned from trading you know, maybe that's why I'm able to like handle things uh, better now. You know, like if I'm going up sure. a mountain, I'm like, or even if I'm climbing, you know, like, and, like if you're not able to still your emotion, you're not, if like, if like, because why do people, why do people uh, freak out and fall? It's because they get scared and then they, their breathing like starts to get rapid and then, and then like they don't have yes. control over their body anymore. It's because their emotions take over. And then like now they, it's like, you know, that's when somebody has, is more prone to an accident or a fall. You know, something that I learned from trading is that if you let money, like the loss of money affect you, uh, you're never going to, you're never going to like win in trading because it's, it's a game where that I've learned is that you, you're only going to lose if you get emotional about the idea of money. But the thing is when you're trading, you're always going to lose, but technically not if you sell. But the thing is, you know, so if you if you know how to read charts, and it's funny because you look at peaks and valleys, like mountains and all that. There's peaks and valleys and chart readings and all this shit. Yeah, it's a the good same point. Same idea, the same thing. But it's just like, but it's like, you know, you fall, but then are you going to sell or are you going to just keep holding? You know, you have. But if like you look at the charts right, if you and if you if you understand the psychology of the movement uh, of it riding back up again. Or if you're going short, the opposite direction, that we don't need to go into that. But for people that trade, you'll understand this. Point being is, if you understand how to steal your emotion and not be affected by that, you're going to always win. And that's how I apply that to almost everything in my life. So that's something that I've learned during the pandemic is like stealing your emotions has been super key to be a really an effective person in anything. Arguments, dealing with people, trading, just like being active in anything. And I think I'm still practicing this. But this was the but during it was the pandemic that taught me. Like during the pandemic, I learned how to be a better uh, person at controlling my emotions. So at the end, of the, and that's you know I, I don't know if it's a segue, but I think it's important if especially if like if you are hiking or if you're like you know like in a in, a, in an environment yes. that's like kind of tricky, you know. 
No, that's wow. That's such a great point. Stilling your emotions so that you can operate out of a better headspace. Because bingo, that's what happens a lot when we freak out and we're our emotions are too high or too low. Right? Yes. You're out of a centered headspace. You're out bingo. of your equilibrium. Bingo. So then you're more prone to emotional swings or to use it in the outdoor terms, like you're going to freak out when you're on that ledge or that cliff or you're scrambling up. Like that's such a good point. You have to learn how to center yourself. And what did you say? Stilling your emotions, right? Stilling your emotions. Yeah. There's a, I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I mean, I read a bunch of books on it, but like, I think the the main book that sticks out to me is, uh, um, stillness is the key by Ryan holiday. Really good book about it. Like it's uh yeah, it's stilling your emotion. He basically Ryan Holiday is like uh, he kind of to me is like the Cliff Notes versions of like of like the Bible, uh, the Torah. Um, there's yeah, all these all the old all the old stories, all the old books, you know, like all the religious stories, like you know Buddha and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely um, the book of the books of Islam. You know, like all those things, and it's just like he took he it, but everything. The summation of that I got from that book is yes, yeah, stealing your key, stealing stealing your emotions is the key. I mean, like, how do people? Uh, I think one thing that's very extreme is like, how do people survive wars when you have soldiers fighting in battle, or if you're you're a fighter that's like a, or if you're a fighter in, in MMA, like like if you get emotional, you're gonna get fucked. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to lose yourself. Not you're not gonna just lose against your opponent. You're not just gonna get killed, but you're gonna lose yourself. And that's like once you lose yourself, then it's it that the chances of it being game over is game is pretty high. And you know what's beautiful about the mountains and getting outdoors? I feel it allows – it's a tool for people to still their emotions. That too. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I know there's a lot of times where you know, we're trying to cope with a certain like issue or trauma or whatever. And then if Bingo. you go out into the mountains and it's like – it's pretty isolated, right? Yeah. Everything around you, if you just stand still, you can't hear anything. Everything's so still to the point – that it makes you like almost like hear your own thoughts and then everything just starts kind of like like becoming centered and you start like yeah. being able to um how would i say it you start to gain more clarity about how to analyze things i feel in your life bingo and i i think that's something that i think we we talked about this before it's like it's like when they like a lot of people don't want to do this but a lot of people don't want to hear themselves you know, it's uh, like, yes. you know, it's like scared it, of their own thoughts. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's like, it's like, but it's like, that's like the truth, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you do what you're thinking is, is, is the truth. Like, you know, it's like, it's like people are used to hearing what other people say, uh, especially with the internet. You know, like I said, like everybody was just had their face, their faces glued to our phones, like listening to all these opinions and whatever, but like, no, not, not everybody, uh, had that capacity to listen to themselves. And I think that's the importance of being outside because everything's quiet. So who else is going to talk to you? Mm-hmm. People that might sound crazy like yourself, but, but not like talk to yourself, but it's more like, listen to yourself, listen to that intuition. Oh, hiking is a deep, powerful conversation with yourself. I thousand percent yeah. um, believe in that. And I've definitely had other people say that on the podcast as well. That's why a lot of people actually, that's why solo hiking is so popular and such a powerful tool for a lot of people. You know, yes, it's great to hike with a friend or with a group, but a solo hike is a different kind of hike. It's a, it's almost like spiritual and a lot of people use it for therapy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely for sure. And it's necessary. It's there. I, 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 I definitely, um, I'm all about it, but I'm also like the person type of person that likes to go with homies. Cause like when we go, when, when you finish, like, all right, all right, let's party. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I, for no. me, 
and I, I, I'm sure you would agree. I need both, right? I need the social aspect, Bingo. and then I need my alone time, like my solo time, because um, you need both. You yeah. know, we're we're social creatures. We need tribes, but at the Bingo. same time, we need time to ourselves to figure ourselves out in our own thoughts, in order to know how we're gonna move forward and progress, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like like I yeah. As you said, I am both. I'm both of those. Mm-hmm. Damn, we get in deep on the podcast. I love. Why it. not? Yes, it's a podcast. You know, we, we you have to you have to. Yeah, this is why I was excited for you to be a guest because you're a very, um, you know, you're a very introspective person, and I know you would have a lot of uh, things to say and perspectives to share with us and the listeners. Sure, I'm down to talk always. Thanks for bringing me on. Yeah, what are we talking about? We're talking about Strawberry Peak. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we segued into the the we we segued into like the metaphysical and like the the, the ethereal realm of the human mind. <laughs> I know. Look look where the mountains brought us. We went into the we went into the deep slot canyons and valleys, and went into the, the, the deep of, cave of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> we found Yoda in the cave. That's what yeah. happened right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> but um, to, to close the loop on Strawberry Peak. That was just an awesome day because, you know, that was your first major peak and it was the first one for you to complete as part of the six pack of peaks challenge. Yeah. And we all celebrated at the top. We had a nice little group. I think it was like seven to eight of us. And then, yeah, we tracked back down because we parked our cars at two different trailheads so that it would allow us to not down scramble those two, those two routes. Because I always say this. It's fun scrambling up, but scrambling down is a whole nother story and can be extremely sketchy. And that's usually yeah. where a lot of people get injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely um, vibe with that. Um, yeah. One day I'll do it. But like one thing I learned from actually like starting to climb is mm-hmm. like going downward, backwards. It's like uh, it's just basically climbing backwards. <laughs> it's like you're like if you're climbing upwards, you're using your arms, but then it's just like. But then if you're going downwards, you're leading with your legs. Something I have to understand. Yeah, I'm I think I've told you this many times. I'm sketched out by down scrambling. I can do it, but oof, sometimes it just it locks up my legs and then I like mm. cramp. And I never usually cramp. Interesting. And there's a for the hardcore listeners on the show, there is a hike out there called um Iron Tabaldi or the San Antonio Traverse. And that's like one hike that has been on my radar for a long time because it's considered one of the hardest day hikes. Whoa. It's a very serious route, but there's a section called the Gunsight Notch where you have the down scramble. And it's very exposed. And I'm like trying to just wrap my head around like getting through that fear of that. <laughs> so, mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll do it at some point, but I definitely need to practice my down scrambling for sure. Interesting. So it's yeah, like well, it's great. Now, now I piqued your interest. That's well, yeah. Good. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I, of course, like you know me, I'm like, oh, I want to go check that out. Well, we we got to get you to do Iron Mountain first. Like this okay. is next level shit. This is I. You have to hike up Iron Mountain and then you traverse the Mount Baldy. Jesus. Like this is a backcountry route. This is like, if you get hurt, you're screwed. Like no one's gonna help you. <laughs> that kind of hike sounds fun. Yeah. Oh, actually, this is the perfect segue. So we did. We finished Strawberry Peak. I think this was. Uh, January of this year. And then the next big challenge was Mount Baldy, which is the tallest mountain in all of LA County at 10,064 feet. And the way we did Mount Baldy was we ascended up the devil's backbone Uh up to the summit. And then we descended via the Baldy Bowl slash ski hut trail. Uh And what I want to ask you, Jet, is how was that journey of reaching the highest summit in all of LA County like for you? I always like to tell people like, yo, Mount Baldy is our local Mount Everest. It's always ah. the mountain in the back 
behind downtown LA that has snow typically. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those hikes that is a gateway to doing the bigger peaks. And also it's just like a SoCal hiker rite of passage. Like how how was that journey for you reaching the highest summit? For me, I think it was a, okay, so the views were nice, but I think for me it was just it was it was just like I can't believe I got up here because it was fucking hard. <laughs> Cause I was like something that I learned was about myself, and I feel like that's something for everybody. Like, you know, it's not just about the views, it's about like what do you learn about yourself. And I think for me, like, um, I wasn't used to that to to um scaling that kind of elevation. And, so and like, at higher elevation. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to learn how to how to navigate my body through that. Like I had to take breaks. Uh, as I went up because I was constantly, I had to like find my own way of, uh, like staying with the motion, like staying with the tribe. I mean, be all of us who were, who were, who were trekking up there. I had to learn how to, how to, how to manage my, my breath, how to manage like my, my, like how much air was going to my lungs. I was just like, okay, yes. like it was crazy. I had to like figure out a technique for myself to like manage to stay in the flow of things. Cause if I didn't, I would have been left behind slash dragging everybody behind. I don't want to do that. You yeah, know? and that was your longest hike because we did it. Uh, it's like about ten point three miles the route we did, or eleven miles. And I'll never forget. So we uh, we went up the Devil's Backbone, and then we yeah. got to the bottom of the summit, like the, yeah. the final stretch, the final push. And I'll never forget. You were like, "Oh, we're here already!" Like, "Oh, that's it!" And I was like, "No, Jet. Like, you don't understand. Like, the final push, that last mile, is not a normal mile, and we're at high elevation. Like, Dude, just wait till hard. you get through this portion because you were definitely like, after you did Devil's Backbone, you're like, oh, like we're we're pretty much here. I'm like, well, yes, and also no, not at all. <laughs> like, how was a, like how was that final stretch right after Devil's Backbone for you? Like pushing for the peak. Like, how did you muster that like that final willpower and strength to reach it to the top? So I think from the looks of it, like I, I, here's the thing, if this was like a, if it was the same terrain at like a thousand feet, my body would have been like, ah, that's not that bad. But the fact that it was 10,000 feet, I had to, like, as I said, I had to manage, I had to figure out a way to manage it. And I was like hanging out, you know, Mikey was a uh, uh, Jaswell, one of our friends was hiking with us. He was kind of coaching me through it, you know, like, you know, basically just kind of just once your body's tired, um, pick a certain point on this route and make that your target and use all your energy you can reach that point chill wait till your body recuperates your breath recuperates and then hit the next point for me uh um i was just like i'm just gonna go as much far as i'm just gonna go as far as i can until <laughs> I, I can't like until my body can't do it like can't do it anymore and that that actually was like so i always i would always pass my target which is fine but i wanted to get up there as soon as i can you know it's so crazy yeah, just like hiking definitely pushes your body, puts your puts your body through like a different kind of um, um, pain, but it's, but it's a pain that's like good for you. Suffer fest is it's what a suffer we call fest, it. Yeah, but it's a good suffer I like, fest. I like what you said that Jazzwell said. Um, that's actually really good advice. Breaking up the hike into digestible bits. Yeah, hike up at the, hike up until this point. Yeah. Reset, recenter. Yeah. You see a mark in front of you. Hike up to that point. Yeah reset recenter and then you're going to find yourself closer and closer to your final destination i never thought about it like that that's brilliant it, shout out to mikey shout out to mikey but you know now that you talk about it, it's like it's something that i that i feel like i i have to like i have to take whatever i said to my own advice because you know i'm a creator you know like i create a lot of things and it's like i even like you know even when i'm creating like 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 producing music shit that's like 
whenever I'm writing or whatever, like it's always better to break things up into bits. Yes. Um, so you, that you can create the bigger picture. You know, if you keep thinking, if you're thinking like, ah, shit, I got to like create this whole thing. It's just like, yeah, you, you know, yeah. But then it's just, it's, it's easier. And it's, I think it's a bit more fun when you just take it bit by bit. And this is like, a, this is something that I'm still practicing. The concept is, is, is like something that I'm still trying to grasp because I know it's a, a concept I'm still trying to grasp because I'm still not completing things <laughs> like certain things, like as a whole. So it's like, I, I have to like, yeah, I have to focus on the small things and lead up to there. Yeah. The digestible bits and just, cause you know, if you tackle the whole project or the whole mountain in your head all at once, you get overwhelmed mm. and that, that brings down your energy and your creativity. Yeah. Um, Oh, also, what did you think about the Devil's Backbone? That's a very notorious and infamous section of Mount Baldy because, especially during the winter time, that's where a lot of people die or get they need search and rescue to save people that uh, slide down the mountain. Like, yeah, we didn't do it in the snow, but like, what did you think of Devil's Backbone? Did you feel like it was a bit precarious? Like, what were your thoughts towards Devil's Backbone? You know, I'll be I'll be straight real with you, dude. Like. I hear these stories, but when I'm, I'm up there, I am just like, I those score those stories didn't really scare me. I can understand how it could affect somebody, but maybe this goes back to what I'm saying. It's like you know, like I, if I let those things scare me, that's what that's when it's gonna fuck me up, you know. Like so, I, I didn't really see um, that experience as as necessarily scary going up the Devil's Backbone. It was just it was just tough. Like me, when I say tough, it's just like it's tough on my body. That was it. Yeah, I think it's wide enough where I don't feel really nervous, but I could see how in the winter time it's absolutely treacherous and why people die on that section for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, we were it was it was it wasn't winter; it was dry. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, now you now you brought up another memory. So we reached the summit. It was really great. We celebrated, and then we descended down the Baldy Bowl slash Ski Hut Trail. Yeah. So it was really steep. We were surfing the loose screen. and we finally were in the forest section approaching the ski hut. And you were in front of us and you had your hiking poles. And what happened to you? <laughs> you ate shit and you broke one of the hiking poles and you fell on the ice. And we yeah. all started following your lead. And we all started like, uh, like how do you say? Like bobsledding? Or oh, yeah, like- bobsledding on the ice. Because it's like, all right, we, we like... My shit was already fucked. So like, okay, might as well just, you know, just keep going with this. <laughs> so I want everyone to picture this visual. Jed was way in front of us. He broke one of his hiking poles because he slipped on the ice going down. And then all of us were like, yo, that looks like fun. Not even asking if me. he's like hurt or okay. So we all started getting on our butts and then using our hiking poles to literally propel us and slide down the ice. Yeah. And it looked like we were like the Jamaican bobsled team or something. <laughs> That was great, man. It was fun. It was good times. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, to close the loop of Mount Baldy, we were on the mountain for a very long time because we took a lot of breaks to uh, to enjoy the sunset. Yes. And we ended up descending down through the forest in the dark and we needed our headlamps. Uh-huh. And I think we got to the car like pretty late, maybe like around like 8 p.m. And that was like a really epic day, though. And I was really proud of you because that was... That's no joke, man, to do Mount Baldy. That's almost 11 miles. That's pretty much 4,000 feet elevation gain. Yeah. You know, Strawberry Peak is around, I don't know, 2,800, the route that we did, or 29. So there was a lot of superlatives for you that you uh, managed to uh, conquer that day. Yeah, it's fun, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so 
we did what we did sunset peak well that's not part of the socal six pack of peaks but we did a major route on sunset peak and then we did strawberry peak mount baldy which we just talked about and so the next hike was mount baden powell and I think it's named after this dude named Lord Baden-Powell, who was like the founder of the Boy Scouts. It's something like that. Mm. So that's a cool little fact uh, I read somewhere. Mm. And with this hike in particular, it's on the backside of the San Gabriel Mountain. So it's actually pretty far from people in LA. I want to say it's like two hours from me, yeah. pretty far from you as well. And it's a beautiful drive up, but it definitely is a much longer drive. And the really cool thing about this hike was none of us, it was just me, you, and Matt, Machete Matt, none of us had done this hike. Yeah. So we were like, you know what? Let's let's do this. Like this, this will finally be fun to do a hike that we all haven't done together. And what made this hike really action-packed and more precarious was there was a recent snowstorm that hit the mountain range. And you got to experience your first snow hike using yeah. micro spikes. <laughs> yeah. So my question to you is like, how was the Mount Baden Powell experience being that it was your first major snow hike, you using to have micro spikes and not really having, you know, that kind of experience? Like, what were the key learnings that you got from that day? Because I know there was a bunch. To be honest, well, okay, micro spike, micro, sorry, micro spikes for sure helpful. Um, the ones I got and the ones you recommended, helpful. I forgot the brand name, but um, yeah, like it's so necessary. But we think, needed it at the very beginning of, from, yeah. from the trailhead or else we would have been screwed. Yeah. So necessary. But I will say, um, like in the snow, it's definitely way more fun. I definitely, I think because it's, um, there is no, there's no trail to follow because it's all snow. Mm. So I was like, I was getting, like, I, I was getting tired of switchbacks. I was like, what the hell? Like, like it's like switchbacks take forever to wrap around. And, and it's just like. I remember I was like, dude, why don't we just start cutting through? Because there's no trail. Might as well just go right up the mountain, you know? Like, what are we messing up? And as we start doing oh, that, yeah. we start doing it and we got up like super fast. And then we, when we went down, it was just like, well, why do we need to switch back down? Why don't we just, why don't we just sled? Well, sled as in like, we just kind of just like skied slash sled down the mountain. And I remember there was like, there was a group of people that were like, that got ahead of us. And then, like, we ended up surpassing them. <laughs> like, like at least we, we probably cut them off by, like, 15, 20, even 30 minutes. Because all we were just doing was going down the mountain, just sledding and whatever. It was, and it was super fun. You know, like, that's – I remember at first I was, like, going up, I was, like, and I was miserable because, like, I, I had ice in my socks and water in my socks. And I was, like, I don't ever want to snow hike again. I remember that, yeah. But then after, like, you know, I got re-equipped and you hooked me up with gators and stuff like that, I was, like, dude. Oh yeah, how did you like the leg gaiters? Oh, super helpful. Super helpful from preventing anything going into your, your shoes. Um, yeah. But then after I got re-equipped, new socks and all that, I was like, dude, snow hiking is fun. <laughs> but it's like just next time I want to bring a sled. You know, like I want to bring a sled, just go slide down the mountain because that's how it just it was just so much easier going down in the snow. What is that saying I always hear? It's uh there's no such thing as bad weather, it's only bad gear. Yeah. And it alludes to the fact that, yo, as long as you're prepared and you have the right equipment, mm -hmm. you will be okay for the most part. Yeah. It's usually people complain because they forgot a, an important piece like a down jacket or leg gaiters or micro spikes or crampons. And then it just makes the day more miserable. Well, but yeah, you brought up a good point. Hiking up in the snow 
you know, this hike wasn't very long. It was, I think the total mileage was 8.3 miles. Uh But when you're hiking up in the snow and micro spikes, it just takes so much longer, more energy. And I remember on Mount Baden-Powell, there's 40 switchbacks. And it was just feeling so monotonous and annoying, I remember. Yeah, that's why I was like, it was over. Like, dude, let's just cut through. Like, <laughs> let's just cut through. <laughs> I enjoyed it. But I, I will say, so after we summited and enjoyed the views, I remember I ran into that dude, Hiker Revolution. That was really cool. And then yeah. an ambassador, Carissa from the SoCal Six Pack of Peaks or huh. so- SoCal Hiker. Hmm. I remember after we summited, because and we didn't even stay there long because it was freezing. And then we started descending down and you were like, yo, let's... Let's let's just do let's do all the shortcuts. I was like, okay, fine. Um, I'm okay with it right now. But then you kept leading us down this really crazy slope, and it was getting so sketchy. And I was like, okay, Jet, like I'm kind of over these shortcuts. You're gonna kill your your excitement of wanting to get down really fast is gonna kill me and Matt. Because <laughs> like, I remember there was a part where I was like, okay, this is like I need like an ice axe pretty much, and we only had micro spikes and uh trekking poles and i remember i had to like stop myself really hard and i almost like injured my knee on this rock that i hit and i was like god damn it jet <laughs> and then you fell i caught it on my gopro on the vlog you like you fell going down but it was really but it was really fun but we had a snowball fight and you know we eventually got down the mountain safely so that was it was fine yeah, 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 yeah. it's fun that's that's the whole point you just yeah i wanted to make it fun I remember in the beginning of the hike, you were like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, see what the appeal is of uh, snow hiking or trekking in the snow. And then afterwards, your perspective was completely flipped. But it was only because I liked going down the mountain and cutting through. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, it, no, it, it, is, it is fun sliding down. We just got to be a little more, preca- uh, more cautious on certain parts. Bring a sled, bro. I'm bringing a sled. That sounds even more dangerous, bringing a sled. What you're talking about. <laughs> You, t- you bring a sled, you won't even stop. You're gonna die. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you just know where the trailhead, is, I mean, if the trail is, you just down the switchbacks. Like, oh, okay, this is where it's at. Just yeah. I remember that like that uh that big Asian group that just kept following us. I'm like, yo, y'all don't really want to follow us because we're doing some really sketchy stuff right now. And I think they finally realized it when we were going off that one side of the cliff. And I was like, yep, don't follow us. No. Yeah, it's fun times. Oh man, those are. Yeah, those are some good times, man. Good adventures. We're going to have more, obviously. Um, So from completing all these long day hikes, Jet, was there any specific tips and advice that greatly helped you get through these treks? Mm, I mean, obviously, I think I've said it throughout this, uh, this, this podcast, but it was just find pretty much like find a way that works for you, you know, like, um, you know, there's kind of try to develop a system for yourself. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, if you do this by yourself or you do this with a group of people, you have to, to get to the, to, to get to your destination point. You just have to figure out that you gotta, you gotta have, you have to know who you are. You gotta know your limitations. Don't try to, you know, don't try to impress anybody. Just, you just gotta be, you gotta be honest with yourself and be like, all right, I'm tired. <laughs> I need to take a break. I'll catch up with you. Um, my shit is hurting. I don't, you know, it's like, like, this is limiting me. Just be straight up about it. And then from there you can find a solution because if you don't, you're going to get fucked. You know, you, you could, you might, you might injure yourself to a point or lose gear. That's going to help you actually get down or get up to the mountain, whichever it may be, you know, it just all comes down with awareness and being honest with yourself. 
Yeah, I feel a lot of people, um, they lose self-awareness of themselves when they have the what we call summit fever. Mm. Are you familiar with that term? No. Yeah, so um, real quick, summit fever is, it's the obsession of wanting to reach the peak or the summit, no matter what the cost. Oh, wow. So meaning you're ignoring... And it's very common in the community. This is why a lot really? of people get injured, rescued, or die. Oh, and it's a really big topic I like to bring up on the podcast because when you have summit fever, you basically are so obsessed with getting to the top that you ignore all the signs, right? Like the danger, <laughs> the danger signs yeah. and the threshold that you're meeting. <laughs> yeah. And you're ignoring that you feel completely exhausted. You're ignoring that you barely have any water. You're ignoring that you don't have the necessary things to make it to the top, but you care so much about reaching it because of, you know, the sense of accomplishment and, you know, the, the awesome content that you might capture. But uh, summit fever is the reason why a lot of people find themselves in really bad situations. And I, and it's, it's tough, you know, not to have summit fever, but if you don't turn around at certain points, depending on the hike, like your day could be completely flipped upside down or miserable or end in death or hospitalized. You know, to me, that just sounds like, uh, you know, a situation in life where it's like, you know, you, you're so obsessed mm-hmm. with hitting a goal and you'll do whatever it takes to get there. But then once you get there, you're just like, oh, crap, like I did this to get here, like something you're, not, you're ashamed of, you know, it's you, like you lost your soul. You lost your soul to get to the, the destination in your life, you know, like whether it was like, you know, it's like it, for me, it's like, and I'll be straight with, about this, but it's like people who find like happiness and just like you know like like on life events you know like that it's like i'm gonna be happy once i get here once i get married once i get a, mm. this car once i get this house i'm gonna be happy you know what i'm saying but then like but you're like but you're sacrificing all these things to reach these these points but in reality it's like you should already just kind of find that happiness in the first place you know like you don't need those things to be happy it's like this, that's that when you, the way you're talking about things it's like scaling a mountain like let me just focus on that shit Look at the consequences, you know, like you, like, as you said, you could get injured, you could uh, be hospitalized, you know, it's like you have, you, you, you kind of have to face the truth and just listen to yourself and be like, all right, dude, I can't do this. Cause I know it's going to, I know it's going to happen if I, if I keep going with this, you know, it's like, that's, that's interesting. That's like, that you call it, um, summit fever, because to me, that's what I call like life fever. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, it, it applies to life as well. And that was yeah. really great uh, how you brought that back. Yeah. And that's why you always hear the term. So people always say, don't have summit fever. The mountain will always be there. They go hand in hand, those terms. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's it. You're the, all those things that you, that, that society deems are like, this is what you should be getting. That shit will always be there. You know, it's just, it's just more so like you got to preserve your mental health. Your mental health is not there before your body is then you're you're like and and what controls your body your mental so you can't have your physical move uh, before your you can't have your physical move before your mental yeah yeah man it's it's really tough to turn back around especially on these big peaks i've done it twice you know felt really demoralized but it was the right choice you know because of my safety but and I, i always say this if you do ever have to turn around, the redemption is always much sweeter. Yeah. When you yeah. do get it done. I will say that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Because you know you're going to do it better. Yeah. You're going to do it better, smarter, and also more efficient, I would say. Bingo. So I know we've been talking about epic outdoor adventures, but knowing you for a long time, you've been living a pretty adventurous lifestyle the past decade. You know, from working in the entertainment industry, 
winning America's Best Dance Crew at one point, being an international touring dance artist with World of Dance. And you've just been blessed with all kinds of experiences from your gigs and travels. Uh-huh. Um, what are what would you say are your top three adventures as a touring dance artist and why? And maybe you can even get into like what did you learn from each place and each and each adventure? From, uh, sorry, the question was what I learned from each place I went to from everything. Yeah, yeah. So like from you know, I know we're talking about all these epic outdoor adventures, right? But what I'm saying is even before like all these experiences to me, like you've been living a really adventurous lifestyle as, you know, uh, traveling because of your craft as a touring dance artist, like being a dancer has allowed you a successful dancer has allowed you to travel to different countries, different cities, or just experience things that uh, most people wouldn't. Right. So what are your top three adventures as a touring dance artist and why, whether that be a place or just a certain kind of experience that you had because of dance? Uh, if I had to like sum it up, it's just in terms of my favorite experiences, traveling was just, you know, seeing, touching, tasting, smelling. Uh, are those the five senses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's most of hearing, them. Hearing, for sure. Hearing is, okay, yeah, hearing like, and uh, yeah, that was, it was just those, those experiences. Like I just saw everything as like an experience, you know, it was just, it's all part of, it was all part of the game. And, um, yeah, there were different things, but it just, it just kind of just compiled into everything that, uh, I'll just say this. I was like, I I compiled into everything that led up into this moment of me talking to you about it. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple, right? I, I, there's like, it's just, there's so many moments in my head that I just can't really pinpoint on because everything just mattered even the shitty experiences, <laughs> sure. everything just mattered. So, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, if I have a favorite one, but yeah. Not, not necessarily favorite, but like, is there any particular places? I know you traveled to some places in Latin America yeah. and even Africa, like any places that you felt were, you know, that just like struck you in a different way and that you came back from them with a different perspective on life. Cause I know you've been to some pretty unique places and really got to immerse yourself in the culture. That's what I'm more trying to get at. Like, okay, yeah, like what yeah, are some yeah. of those places that you travel to where you're like, wow, like it just changed you, you know? Oh, I think it was, it was, it was definitely going to the countries where, um, and the places where they didn't really have a lot of money. <laughs> sure, <laughs> it's like, of course. It was like, it was, and it was like, you know, like, uh, or it was like, well to do, like going to South America, uh, Mexico, um, the parts of Mexico that I went to or the Philippines, Africa, uh, Nigeria. Um, oh my God. You, that's right. You went to Nigeria. Is that where you did that dance everywhere yeah. video with those two kids? Yeah. Yeah. I danced one, but that's the thing I do. Like I like, I just dance with everywhere. I dance with everybody, you know, obviously in this pandemic, I have not been doing it, but maybe when the country opens up, the world opens up, I'll, I'll do it again. You know, it was, it was fun, you know, um, do it at the trailhead. Do it at the trailheads. I know. It's just that every time I, it's just, it's or the just, mountain peak. Yeah, I just have to bring my camera up there, and it's like, uh, you know, that's the toughest part. Yeah, um, but yeah, dude. Uh, there's, yeah, like, yeah. So as I said, it was a place where they. It was just like it didn't resemble America. Those are the, the, the those are like the most fun I've ever had in any of the countries because it was just so different. And I was just like, what the hell? I was just like, you know, just it was just. But like I said, it adds to the experience. 
Yeah, you've been to a lot of different places. When I, when you were touring with World of Dance, I was like, yo, this guy's like in Panama. Yeah. This guy is in uh, Dominican Republic. I think oh, he even yeah, went to Puerto yeah, Rico, yeah. Nigeria. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like that you've just, everything's blurred for you. Ah, uh, yeah. And I, yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah. It's fun. I had a good time. Still having a good time, yeah. Have you been missing international travel a lot, you know, um, or has hiking in the outdoors kind of uh, helped you cope with that and fill that void, would you say? I definitely think hiking in the outdoors has definitely helped me cope with it because just like I said, like, like I, yeah, I, I was on planes like almost every week, every other week or whatever it may be. And then, uh, uh, and yeah, just like having this in my backyard, dude, I was like, I don't know if I want to travel. Like, I don't, I don't know if I need to travel. I was saying I'm still down to do it, but I was like, I don't know if I need to because there's some crazy ass shit here, you know, like and things I've never seen before. So, yeah. Yo, thousand percent. The past three years. So my hiking journey, I would say, has been around three years now. Yeah. April. It's been, uh, I say my journey started April 2017. Yes. Okay. So more like three and a half years. Um, or no, four years. So, yeah, the, dude, the past four years, I haven't had the urge or feeling to travel to another city or even another country. And the reason is because hiking and doing these day hikes and exploring gives me the same sense as travel. It gives yeah. me that same sense of adventure. And I'll never forget this. One of my podcast guests, her name is Paloma S. Maria, right? Fellow Filipina. She was episode four. Oh. She said, you know, hiking has the same sense as traveling, the only difference is you're exercising to get to your destination Bingo. and you're enjoying the views along the way. Yeah. And when she said it like that and articulated it as such, I was like, holy shit, you're absolutely right. We're just traveling by foot. Bingo. Bingo. It's hard to get there. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And I had another guest tell me, um, are you familiar with the Eastern Sierras? It's more in like central... California, Northern California. Kind of ish, not really. Yeah. So it's like the Mount Whitney area, like uh, near yeah. Death Valley. Okay. So the Eastern Sierras is considered like California's prized mountain range. That's where Mount Whitney is, which is the tallest mountain in the continental United States. So we have this mountain range jet called the Eastern Sierras. And my friend, who's a very avid international traveler, she's hiked and been in mountains in Germany, Switzerland, New Zealand, like you name it, she's been everywhere. And she told me that the mountains that we have here, the Eastern Sierras, were just as gorgeous as the international mountains that she went to all over the world. And when she told me that, I was like, wow, we have this here in California. I don't even need to go out of the state to have these epic adventures or sense of mm. travel and bewilderment. Yeah. And that's why I haven't really felt the travel, the need to, um, you know, yes, I love traveling before COVID and you know, hitting up New York or like a Miami or going to Texas or Seattle, right? And even internationally, like to Mexico. But hiking has really filled that void rather well for me, I would say. Interesting. And I feel like for a lot of people in general. Mm, interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I've been promoting this idea like a lot recently. Hiking is the new form of travel, especially during the mm, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like what's so popular, right? The past several months, nature-based travel hiking thing activities that are easy to isolate from other people mm. national parks road trips like all of these different things are they're huge right now and i mean it's um it's great we have more people in the outdoors obviously there's a lot newer people so we got to hope and do our best to educate them to do leave no trace and not trash the 
you know, places that we explore. But I think it's a beautiful thing that more people are getting outdoors. Yeah, that's that's true. That's 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 uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but as I've said, I think we talk about this. It's hard to get to these places, so not everybody's gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, it's a really small population. You know, like we we hike, right? We do these big peaks and whatnot. Yeah. And we see other people do it. We we see a lot of other hikers, just like, you know, we did Sunset Peak. You saw like all the hiking groups. But at the end of the day, it's a very, very minuscule and small percentage of people that are really doing this activity still. And it's almost kind of sad to know that some of these people will never see a sunset from like an epic vista point or a cliff or off Mount Baldy or Sunset Peak. Like it's not an easy thing to do. And I think that's what makes it so special is that you have to earn that view. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing though. It's not everybody wants to work hard to earn it, but that's the facts of life. Not everybody wants to. Yeah. I think that's why national parks are so popular too, because you can drive to the the overlooks and there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, people can enjoy nature how they want to, right? I'm not going to be like, Oh, you can, you need to be this big day hiker. No, I like my national parks and strolls and walks around the neighborhood. I think they're all needed. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, because not everybody's physically able to do this, you know, which is fine. Yeah. It's fine. I would definitely take that into account. Yes. Uh, I want to talk a bit about your uh, your background as a content creator and as uh-huh. an artist. Uh-huh. Because um, we definitely have, you know, listeners that are aspiring content creators and also like some really badass ones. Mm-hmm. And I definitely consider you a very badass content creator and your shooting style and dance concept videos are unique to you. Uh-huh. And you've worked with notable brands such as Marvel, AT&T, Instagram, to name a few. Um, can you provide some tips and advice for content creators and how they can like make themselves and their content stand out more? I know that shooting videos is more of your specialty. Yeah. And that you've done some really great pieces like you know the Dance Everywhere concept videos where you're in public spaces with uh-huh. the crowds. But yeah, any tips and advice for content creators, no matter like, you know, whether they're an outdoor content creator or a dance content creator or whatever they're doing, like, do you have any tips and advice for these kind of people? So I'll just say this. Um, the most important thing that I feel like every content creator always uh, says is like, you have to tell your story. You can't be afraid to tell your story. You can't be afraid to tell your weaknesses. Like everybody, like everybody likes to talk about their strengths, but not everybody likes to talk about their weaknesses. Once you get to that level of talking about your weaknesses, you have a higher chance of becoming that influencer. Because the thing is, what are what are what are influencers? Are people that um, are just known for something, right? They influence, right? So the, you you could be like a actor, you could be like a I don't know a YouTuber, whatever it may be. But every YouTuber has something special about them. That's why not everybody like when I hear the story, the, the the word like or the question like how do I become an influencer? Well, you got to learn how to be a, a person of influence. How do you become a person of influence? You you have to tell a unique story about yourself. And if people catch on and you're you're giving something that you're giving something to people that 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 helps them, that makes them feel a certain type of way, you're an influencer. So I think the biggest question is like how do I help people? Maybe that's the biggest question that people should ask. How do I help people? How do I make people laugh? How do I make people enjoy what I do? Those are the questions you should be asking versus rather than like, how do I become an influencer? And these are things that I had to learn. I like, you know, like I love dancing. I have fun with it. I'm not just a dancer. You know, I like to joke around and clown and do 
dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? So you're also definitely a clown. Yeah, I like I'm not like people like people say like Jet's a fucking clown. Like a negative way, I'm like I'll be like yes, why yes I am. You know, like, <laughs> so, hey, th- throw it right back in their face. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yes I am. You know, yeah, you know, like I you know it's like I can't take shit seriously. You know, if it becomes too serious, like to a point where it's like serious, I'm like I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking joke about it. You know, like I can't like you know what I'm saying like. But I, I know I know I know my limits. I know my boundaries. But it's like, you know, I just like, like for me, like dancing has always been a fun thing. Yeah. We, you know, people say like dance is serious. It should be a serious thing. It's art. I'm the type of dude who was like, motherfucker. Like I was dancing on the streets, like for, for, with my crew, like we would make like 20 bucks, like, and that would be like our dinner, you know, like yeah. <laughs> we would dance for money. Like that's where I fucking came from. I didn't come from a place where like I went to school and shit, whatever. I, I, I learned how to like, how to perform on the streets. And this is, that has also helped me, um, help tie into like my influencership because the way I, if I didn't dance, if I, sorry, the way I say, I'm saying this is if I didn't dance in a way that grabbed the audience on the street, like someone that's just like minding their own, their fucking own business. And just, you know what I'm saying? If I wasn't able to catch their attention and how would I be able to, to make them pay me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like straight it's, up, straight it's up. like, it's straight up. That's, it's straight up. Just like I had to learn how to, how to move, catch their attention, and somehow get them to put money in the fucking box. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the same, and I had to do that in a small amount of time because human attention is like, like, it's like they don't, in, human attention doesn't last that long, especially nowadays. So I had to learn what I did was I applied that same kind of concept of me grabbing somebody's attention, um, having them pay me, apply it to social media. And learn how to like grab somebody's attention while they're looking at their phone and how and learn how to make them keep their attention on me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like, but the only way to do it is like what it's it's like I have to see it as like, what can I give? What can I provide for you to to enjoy what I'm doing? And I think a lot of people don't realize that that's all the trick is. But this is something I learned in the streets. And this is some these are I can I can talk a whole other podcast of, of like ways to do it with pictures, video. Um, copywriting words and, and stuff like that. So this is actually now like part of my job now. There's like other stuff I do. You know, this is something that I learned uh, throughout time, and I've realized that, uh, that 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 this is like an essential skill because now because everybody wants that attention, whether it's business, promoting, whatever. It's like it's all about human psychology. You know, like yes, a thousand percent human psychology is what it is. But the, like, I, and this, I'm always going to say this: the only way you're going to understand human psychology is you have to know yourself. If you can understand yourself, then you can understand others. So it's like, uh, you know, that's, that's, and that's goes back to being aware. Like I'm still something I'm constantly practicing every day. Like how can I get better at this? Oh, I have to constantly understand myself better. And this applies to trading and this applies to, 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 um, influencing video stuff, whatever, anything that I'm doing, it all apply. It's all about learning about yourself first, and then you can apply it. Otherwise if that makes sense. Yeah, because a lot of your uh, the content you produce, especially the dance concept videos, when people watch it, I, I know I've told you this numerous times. Like, it feels like your genuine, authentic, fun self, and you're messing around and you're like sharing that with the rest of the world through the through this like phone screen or TV screen. Like, I can feel the energy of vibration like through the through your videos. Yeah, it should be fun, dude. Like, why not? Why does it, you know, like I get it, like serious stuff works, but everybody's just so like serious nowadays. And it's like, you know, like why can't things just be fun? Uh, so I, 
Oh my goodness. I had a really good laugh yesterday because I was going through your Instagram feed and you know what I came across? When you were dancing in, I think it was Joshua Tree, the Choyo Cactus video. And for everyone, all the listeners, when I was looking through Jet's feed, I'm definitely going to post this on social media or Uh or Instagram story. Jet was doing one of his, you know, uh, dance concept videos out in nature. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And as he was dancing, he was in Joshua Tree in the desert. There was this huge like choya cactus that was on his calf muscle and he didn't notice it. So he kept popping and dancing and moving. And then at a certain point, it like looked like it was like stuck on his like inner calf in the back. Yeah. And he just noticed it and he started screaming or something. And then Jenny, his sister, Jenny Baez, much love to you. She came out of the blue and was like, <laughs> Jet completely stopped the video. He stopped dancing. <laughs> and when I saw that video... I was like, wow, this guy actually posted it. But I was like, you know what? That was really dope that he posted it because <laughs> that's who Jet is. He, He's like, yo, this doesn't have to be so serious. Like, yes, this is my art form, but, you know, shit like this happens. Like, I'm going to put this out there. Like, whatever. Yeah, I, I was just like... I watched the, like, I was like, you know, like, I was going to, I was going to post like another video. I was like, oh, it's going to be serious death, like video. But then like, I was like, dude, this, this shit is, I watched the footage and I was like, this is fucking hilarious. I'm going to, I'm going to post this shit. <laughs> Whatever. Dude, that was, um, I never seen that video. I guess I somehow glanced over it and I was like, yo, there's really a Choya cactus stuck to his calf and he didn't notice it until like 30 <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> just things you just can't explain. It's just funny. That's it. You know? That's it. Whew, that video, I was laughing a lot last night. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to get uh, back to some intrape- uh, I can't even talk right now. Let's get a bit introspective again, Jet. Yeah. And uh, I want to talk about a caption that you had on Instagram. And I want to read the quote, out, the quote out loud. Let me pull it up real quick. And it has something to do with stepping outside. Yeah. Let's pull it up. All right. So here's the quote. Open quote. Take a step outside. These days, everyone's trying to be right. The problem is everyone's got a different version of what's right. If you're trying to find your answer and it's not on the internet, go outside. You might find it there. End quote. What did you mean by all this? And especially when you were referencing, you know, finding answers in the outdoors. Like when I read that caption, I was like, ooh, this is some deep stuff. (laughs) The thing is, you know, something that I've learned especially in this pandemic and how people are just going crazy. Like, you know, like, uh, I think we all know this. Everybody's on Facebook and Instagram. Everybody's arguing about like, you know, like, and and like, and it's just kind of like, or people are getting canceled. You know, it's like, I'm reading like uh, you, if you, if you kind of zoom out on what's happening in these conversations, it's just like, it's a constant, it's a constant flow of like, notifications and I'm, i know this has happens this happens if you're on facebook or on instagram and you're like you let's say you comment on something and you say your spiel what's going to happen to you you're going to wait for that notification from facebook to hear for somebody's reply you look at your phone and you're just like oh this guy disagreed with me i'm gonna type in again and it's just like you're constantly living off that but like it's like and it, okay so what's happening is this you're not you're never going to gain satisfaction because you're always going to get a notification from somebody saying something against you. So like, basically it's like, dude, you're never going to be right. 
you, you might have some people agree with you like, yes, yeah, someone agrees with me, but then someone's going to be like, ah, uh. like you, it's like you were thriving on the idea of, 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 of that. Uh, what's that? What's that word? It's like that reward, like the reward, no matter, it's like, no matter, like if you, if, if no matter who agrees or disagrees with you, you're thriving on the, that reward, that dopamine, is it dopamine? I feel like that's at that, like yeah, do- dopamine, yes. that dopamine rush of like that notification bing, and you're just looking at your phone. It's like, it's like, it's not, it's not us being right or wrong. It's just like that. So it's like, yeah, you're never satisfied because when you, you if you're constantly looking at your phone and like living off that. So yeah, you're always going to be like, yeah, it, it's like, it's like, you're never going to be fulfilled. So, you know, for me, the way I see it is, yeah, it's just, dude, you know, it's like going outside has, is actually, you, you're going to have a better answer for you. And the answer to, that I found was like, was just that it's just like, it's actually just staying away from your phone. <laughs> you know, like, you, like you get away from that. You just get away from it because you're never going to find it. But as I've said, and this throughout this conversation, I think I've said this nature does not change. It changes in millennia, but it like in our lifetime, as I've said, you go back to it, it's always going to be the same. That rock is there. The ocean's there. That peak is there. The colors are there. And you know, like maybe the answer isn't just, it's, it's, you're not going to find the answer with other people. You're not going to find on the internet. The answer is always going to be in a place that's always going to be the same. Some people might be like, yeah, but I want a fucking answer. Tell me something. Tell me something. Well, dude, like, but the thing is, as I've said, human beings will always have a different answer. But if you go to nature, since it's not changing, you're going to find it there because the only person that's going to give the answer is yourself. Because over there, who, who are you going to talk to? You're only going to listen to yourself. So that's where the answer is. And I think that it just... This goes back to me saying, like, you, sh- you honestly, the answer is always going to be here. You know what? That's it. And it's so simple. It's as simple as just going outside and listening to yourself. I think and maybe maybe if I have to go deeper, going outside makes it easier to listen to yourself. That Yes, exactly. That too. Yeah. Be- so- especially because, you know, it's not so easy just to put your phone away. But if you're in the mountains where there's literally no service. No reception. You're not getting any notifications. Yeah. You have to deal with yourself and the trail and your thoughts. So you're forced to be present. I think that's the key thing. Bingo. That's it. You're forced to be present. It makes it easier. And that's why it's important. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good one, man. <laughs> that was a very good one. Quote it. Yo, just how do you feel like just being a part of the Just Trek crew? Like you've been representing, you know, your crews like Funny Bones crew, uh, Kinjas. You're a former Poriotics, and now you're part of this hiking group. And I'm, I'm, I'm shocked myself too because it's like, yo, know, like I went from like representing on the dance floors, and now I'm representing on these peaks and mountaintops, like with my my group, the Just Trek crew. And I consider you a part of it, and you're a very beloved person. And like you always add a lot of humor to all of our hikes and. I love watching you suffer. Yeah, just like, how do you like being a part of like a, a hiking group in general? Being part of a hiking group is fun. I think that's it. It's just like, it's, you know, as I've said, it's like, you know, there's times where you can, if you need to do shit by yourself, do it by yourself. But when you're in a group, especially if they're a fun group, like the Just Trek crew led by Just Trek, uh, it just makes it more fun because it's just, it's just uh, you know, it's like, yeah, doing things alone sucks sometimes, straight up. You know, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's the, an experience is a lot better when you share it with people more so. You bring up a good point too, because um, as individuals, 
you know, we can get things done quick when we are solo, right? Or by ourselves. But how do you get far in life? You need a support system. You need a tribe. And I feel like that's what a lot of these hiking groups are for people. They can get further in their life because they have a tribe with them now. And they're not just, it's not just them. You know, yes, it's important to be happy with yourself and strong and all that. But at a certain point, once you reach that, uh, that level, right? You need to surround yourself with people to get further in life, further in your career, further up the mountain, whatever that may be. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why hiking groups are so, they're such a beautiful thing. You know, it provides that sense of community and tribe, menta- tribe mentality. Yeah. I mean, um, the idea of like, you know, like uh, if you want to get farther, you know, go with people. I feel like in a sense, it's like a, a going farther with a group with a group is is almost almost just a state of mind you know it's like because you can get you can get you can get to the peak by yourself but then like as i've said it's just more fun when you do it with other people so maybe like going farther is really just like it's really just a state of mind you know it's like because you're going to remember it more when you're with other people yeah it's it's much more of a Intense memory is Bingo. what you're trying to say. That's it. And then maybe that's what we what would we live for? We, maybe we live to make memories. Purposeful memories. Purposeful memories on the mountaintops. Yeah. If there's any dancers listening, <laughs> you know, we want you especially because we like to do summit ciphers at the top of these peaks. So obviously we love hiking with all kinds of people. But if you're a dancer, we would love to have you join us. Slide through. It's fun. It's a, it's a little too much fun sometimes. <laughs> All right, Jed, guess what? I don't know. What's up? It's time for the rapid fire question section. Okay, here we go. All right. So the way it works, there's two rounds. Round one is outdoor focus and round two is personal. Okay. So just answer with one word answers or very concise answers. Yeah. All right. Round one. You ready? All right. Let's get it. Favorite trail snack? Cliff bars. <laughs> what flavor? Cliff um, bar. Peanut butter. The only thing I don't like about Cliff bars is there's too much uh, sugar, but I love Cliff bars. Hike in the mountains or sunbathe on the beach? Ah, uh, definitely my, uh, mountains because I like to work for my views. Trail runners or hiking boots? Uh. I'll say I'll say hiking boots because like uh, I always fuck my feet up and like hiking boots have more protection on my toes. Yeah, you definitely need more protection in general. Thanks. I'll use, <laughs> I use protection too, you know. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, that's always good to know. Yeah, that's sir. Yeah. Desert or deserted island? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's actually a really good fucking question. I... I'm leaning, Take a moment. I'm leaning more towards deserted island. Deserted island for the record. Santa Monica Mountains or San Gabriel Mountains? Oh, this is so hard. You're making it hard. Because, ah, fucking, fucking, fuck. You gotta you. choose one. Just choose one. Go with your gut. For some reason, I'm leaning right now Santa Monica Mountains because you get the same, like, height, but you also do catch the ocean which I like. There's something very special about that. Indeed. Yeah. Waterfalls or lakes. I like lakes because they're still bucket list hike that you've always wanted to do. Um, 
Shit, I do. I do want to try. Uh, I mean, there's so many hikes I don't want to try, but um, but I think yeah, just I, name one bucket list one. Bucket list: cactus in the clouds. Oh my goodness, you one crazy day. ass fool! <laughs> one day, I, gotta, I just got to see it. I have to. I got to see why people dipped out. I have to. I have to know why. I got to know why. Yeah, that one is the ultimate suffer fest. I would say that was my hardest trekking challenge to date. I've done some pretty crazy ones, but uh, um, that one was really wild. And I, I must say, the people who weren't able to make it to the top, I knew they could, but there was definitely some uh, circumstances such as the the tram and uh, injuries and whatnot that happened. Yeah. So, um, yeah, cactus to the clouds is – don't worry. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, the only reason I would do that again is because for you. Okay. <laughs> at some point in life okay sure all right uh music artist you want to hike with oh my god <laughs> you know i had to throw that in there oh fuck dude this, this is rough but I, it's like it's like someone who i think is fun it's like he's got to be like oh my god dude two chains i just want let's see what happens oh my god <laughs> Like what two chains and just jet on a hike? Oh, that needs to be like on Netflix or something. That would be such great content. It's fucking funny. Woo, that was great. Dawn or dusk? Oh shit. This is a good one too. Uh Dawn. Hikes or stonks? Stonks. Wow, Jet. <laughs> National park you want to visit the most that you have not already. I haven't been to Yosemite yet. Dude, you got to do Half Dome. That's a bucket list. Want to. The real life North Face logo. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, city you want to explore. Anywhere? Yeah, let's do one nationally and one international. Ah, oh, shit. I've never been to Portland. I do want to check it out. Um, nice. International. I want to. I do want to go to La to uh, what's that place? Italy, but it's like the one that looks like it's it's going to go underwater soon. <laughs> it's a city in Italy. Yeah, I forgot the name of the city. I'm blanking out. I actually studied abroad in Italy for three months. Oh, I wow. feel stupid. Mm, maybe it was just wasn't impressionable. Okay, yeah. so basically Portland and then Or Greece. Italy. I'll say Greece, Greece, because I want to go to ancient Greece. Okay, I'll say that. All right, Portland and Greece for the record. Favorite outdoor brand? Mm, um, That's why I'm saying, man, like I have too many. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, how do you, you know? I might make, you know what? I might make my own. My, uh, excuse me. I might make my own. That's not an answer. Why not? Because <laughs> you don't even have a name, so you got to name one. All right. Um, I mean, I like REI. Just get a little basic one. Yeah, REI actually is. They've really upped the quality of all of their gear. I like their I like their backpacks a lot now. Actually, cool. REI for the record. And one word. How does hiking make you feel? Enlightened. What's your ideal outside temperature? Um, 73 degrees. Haven't got that on the podcast yet. 73 it is. <laughs> what, did, what did people say? People, a lot of people say 70, 72, 75. <laughs> someone said 50 one time. I was like, what? And then someone was like 60. So I've never actually heard 73. 
73 is like good enough where you can you, you don't have to wear a lot of clothing but you're still gonna sweat but it's not gonna be like shitty at the same time this is a very just jet answer <laughs> all right that concludes round one we'll take like a 10 second break and we'll jump into round two where is my water we've been going pretty long it's like what two hours but we're running on two hours some good stuff. Mm. I like it. All right. Round two. You ready? Yeah. Let's go. Favorite comfort food? Uh, BB Bop. Favorite cartoon show growing up? Ooh, Transformers. Favorite emoji? The clown. <laughs> of course. It, it, if it was anything else, I would have just not accepted it. <laughs> Favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite male popper in the scene right now? Jekyll. Favorite female popper in the scene right now? Oh, man. <laughs> Got to put you on the spot. Got to throw some dance things in there, man. Don't worry. They won't hate you. I don't know why it's not coming to my mind right now. Okay, you can come back to it if you can't think of it. No, no, no. Um, I think one of the dopest. She's not really a popper, but she's very like uh, – she has a style that's very interesting. But Madeline has a very like abstract kind of interesting style. Madeline? Yeah. Never heard of her. Yeah, awesome. She's dope. She's dope. Very interesting style. Cool. Ciphers or competitions? Competition. I mean, sorry. Ciphers. Memphis juking or animation? Motherfucker asshole. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you I, I, <laughs> I, I was like this is gonna be a good one um I think juking it just gets me more hype dude like you Memphis juking gets me so hype like I, I feel like you you do a really good job at that style yeah it's fun so mad props to you it's fun alright AMC or GME AMC <laughs> favorite music artist right now or who are you listening to the most at this uh, moment, shit, so many. But I think uh, the one that like definitely stands out is a uh, <laughs> that song that Matt plays all the time. It was a uh, full crate, and I think Guy Gata Gata. I forget her name. That's the song I play all the time. I don't know if it's an artist, uh, but the song. Yeah, the house Storm on song. a Storm on a Sunny Day. I just think it just fits my the cur- my current mood every day since uh, started going outside. Yeah, Matt has great taste in music. I mean, I think we all have really good taste in music. What is the name of the artist again? Full crate, full crate. Okay, and guide. Cool. Yeah, gosh, I gotta look through it. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, share it on Spotify as an Instagram story on the Just Trek account. Yeah, um, app you are currently using the most besides Instagram. Um, think or swim. Think or swim. It's my stock app. Of course, my stonks app. Sorry, stonks, stonks, stonks. stonks. My stonks favorite app. superhero and why. Forget the Y part, just favorite superhero. Batman. If you could be any animal, what would it be? Fuck. A bird. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? God, so many. Uh, I'd like to check out the 80s. Dude, the 80s was so lit. So lit. Yeah. Describe yourself in three words. Uh, idiot, clown, 
fun. What a great catch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is the final question. You ready? Yeah. Favorite sound? Oh, the ocean. Ocean waves. Great. That concludes round two, and we are done with the rapid fire question section. Pew, 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 pew. All right, so we're at the end of the episode, but before I conclude it, I always turn the spotlight back to the guest. Um, is there any final thoughts that you want to impart to the audience? It could be about anything. It could be about the outdoors. It could be what about what we're currently going through right now or anything you, that you want to address. Whatever you want your final thought to be, Jet. Uh, I think I think my final thought is going to be a summation of everything that I've said, um, that going outside is very important for your mental health. Um, and, you know, knowing yourself, if you're trying to get anywhere in life, you're trying to be effective in anything that you do financially, mentally, mentally, physically, sexually, everything, all those things. It's just you have to understand yourself. And, you know, it's 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 hard. And it's like and it's like, you know, people want shortcuts. There's way there's they are there are shortcuts, but it's like, but I think the shortcut is is uh it's like just you have to think in a way that's going to be effective, and usually it's just facing the truth. You have to face the truth of the issue, and that's the only way you're going to tackle it, you know. And it's uh, I feel like I've said this a bunch of time throughout this uh, this podcast, but it's um you know it's the only way you're going to advance. That's it. Understand yourself, face your truth, be responsible about it, and be proactive about it, and then go from there. You know, that's it. Real talk, Jet. And thank you for that powerful final thought. Much love to you. We've known each other a long time. It's really awesome to do this uh, this podcast with you. It's a really cool moment for the show, most definitely. And yeah, so that concludes the episode, everyone. Just Jet, Just Trek podcast. Elevation is our recreation, and we're out. Peace. Thanks for having me. Thank you, gracias, and salamat for tuning in to the entire episode. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are streaming on all the major platforms. If you want to send me a message, email justtrekofficial at gmail.com or slide in my DMs on Instagram at just.trek or on my personal at justrock, J-U-S-T-R-O-C. If you would like to support my creative endeavors, check out the merch store on justtrek.net slash shop. For more outdoor inspiration, make sure to check out our website. We have blogs, vlogs, and trip reports. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a wonderful day. And please remember to just keep on trekking.